my, my whole I, I you caught me off guard because we got a I don't. I don't have anything. I'm just here to talk to you, and you got like a laundry list well, of no, things just, you need to talk about. I've, I've been able to do this with you a couple times now, and I've yeah. enjoyed it. But I just thought, you know, there's a little bit that we kind of ramble here and rent one of there, which I love. I'm, yeah. I'm all about that. But I thought if I could, if I could, if I could give, I'm kind of in this place in my life. I want to do something called um, doorways, ducks, and dump trucks. Right. I just want to give. Think about this, Nick. All the cool stuff that your mentors and that life has given you, all the, yeah. all those life experiences, all the stuff that you've that, have, that you've learned so far. Yeah, and you're like, man, if I could just give all this away, if I could just in one year impart right to people that wanted it, yeah, that were willing to, and ready to receive it, then I'd want to give it. So I try. I was, I was thinking about you and I were having these great talks about culture, and you know, I'm kind of fascinated with what you're doing with the Johnny Slicks mm -hmm. uh, business that you own with your culture. There's some very intentional things you're doing. These are the kind of things I'm trying to teach organizations to do when they have me come in and consult, but you're doing them. Yeah. So that just got me thinking about some things that you're doing. And, and I thought, well, what are the, what have I been talking about the last eight or 10 organizations that I've visited? What have we really been talking about? I mean, they want to build culture. They want to check in with each other. They, they're kind of, this is the first time they've been everyone together since COVID. So there's a lot of things, but I really dial it down and, and it kind of came down to two or three things. So I wrote those things down thinking, I think I want to hit on these and, and push them out to, you know, all the people that are, um, that you, you're communicating with, that you're in touch with the always forward tribe, if you will. The, the four of the four listeners that we have. There's more, there's more. There's, listen, there's, I saw six comments <laughs> So, the, so at least, at least yeah, and only one of them was mine. So I, I feel like, no, no. So, the, so, so I, I, I just found myself, I woke up this morning. I thought, I, I want to talk about this. I want to share this. If I, I want to pay this forward. Yeah. This is the always forward podcast. And it yeah, seems like true. the right thing to do. Yeah. That's is, why I have some notes. Oh, that's a good, that's a good thing. What does always forward mean to you? Like when you hear those words, what do you, what is, what is it? What resonates with you? Well, what I, I think what resonates with me is, and you don't have to sell the podcast, no, 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 but it's like but on I'm, a very personal level, on a like personal level, if yeah. I always forward. Well, you're just not, uh, you and I linked up and then a couple years later, something just slapped me hard in my personal life and I stopped moving. I wasn't moving forward and it wasn't, and I wasn't neutral, right? Yeah. So that place of not moving forward became one of the, it was harder than my military experience. It was harder than ranger yeah. school to get moving again. And I, that was so unexpected and so, uh, I was so unprepared for it. And then I was ashamed of being unprepared for it. So I wasn't moving forward. So when I think about always forward, I think about, I think about some of the talks that we had. I think about, um, some of the adversity I've seen you face and you're like, well, okay, well that, that sucks. And then yeah. you've, got, you've got your mug that says, I'm going to kick it in the private and, and then, right. And then, and it doesn't say that it says kick the day in the dick. That's what it does That's, say. Yeah. And, uh, but it's part of your philosophy of always moving forward. So yeah. I think it. For me, it means just that. It just says, yeah, you're going to get kicked. You're, yeah, you're going to get thrown Kick back. back. Yeah. Just so you're going to get back up. It's that moment in Balboa, right? Yeah. Where he's talking to his son. Life's going to hit. Nothing's going to hit you harder than life, son. He gives his son that, that is pep That is a great, it's one of the best monologues oh, I've ever, ever heard right? ever. Who wrote that? Did he write that? I think he wrote that. Fuck, oh, dang, man. Did what you watch the Balboa? The, did you watch the- I've watched them all. The no, good, no, no, the no, bad no, no, ones. The, the Sylvester ones. Stallone, the Netflix bio. No. Oh, Oh, this is on Netflix. This is going to be up my alley. This is Sylvester Stallone. He talks about moving to Florida, and then he just reflects on his life. He just unpacks his life and what he learned. And oh, it's visceral. It's just, it just, you're sitting there because we grew up with this. We yeah, grew up yeah. with this guy. Yeah. 
we grew up thinking, I'm going to drink some raw eggs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chase some chickens. Right, right. No, yeah. right. But he just unpacks all of that in such a personal way. And he talks about his, some of his big mistakes and mm-hmm. talks about his war with Arnold and their friendship. And But he just, he's so raw. How cool is that? That whole, that whole, oh, yeah. That whole war, but it's a French. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he talks about that period of time and, uh, and what happened in Rambo, what happened in Balboa. And he, he talks about his own, his mm-hmm. own losses and his family. And yeah, it's, it's raw. I, I was watching it because Rebecca was watching it and she's had a crush on him since she was probably Alley 15. Two. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel I'm not about saying that. I was jealous that I sat down, <laughs> but, but I, I thought I'd just sit down and watch it with her. So she'd remember that she was with me <laughs> and, um, and kind of channel those longing feelings towards me. Didn't happen the way I hoped, but yeah, you know, all those kids are, are mine, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could tell by the facial structure yeah. and that they're more than five and a half feet tall, right? <laughs> So um, no, it's listen. Always forward, people. You you got to watch it. It it's it's Sylvester Stallone, raw, authentic. It's just beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's very moving. There was a couple of emotional times. I'm like, this is really raw. It's lovely. So you just kind of, it's. Um... He talks about being stuck, mm-hmm. and what he does, and what he's learned to do to get himself unstuck, and his move from wherever he lives to Florida was one of those things. He says, I'm stuck, and when I'm stuck, I'm in my creative things and my productive things are just not what I know they can be. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's lovely. You should watch it. Then we should unpack it in a future episode, which we will. I would fly from Arizona to sit here with you to unpack that episode. Just Delta this time. Next time. Yeah. Let's, I don't want to talk American airlines and throw them under the bus. Cause I'm flying home with them. <laughs> just don't worry. This won't air. There's, but a, there's this, a difference between Delta. Yeah, this won't air until until but you're Delta already home. Delta did change their SkyMiles program, and I'm not happy with it. <laughs> Saying that out there right now, just gotta spend more money. I don't. It's the white privilege that we talked yeah. about. I'm whining about my mileage. Oh, so the backstory on that is Johnny and I went out to uh, work with some private equity guys for um, for Johnny Slicks, and uh, so we fly out there, and the seats that we got were the pods going out there, and we're like. It's three hours, three and a half hours. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, yeah, four hours from here to, okay, yeah, to yeah, yeah. LA, right? Something like that. Four and a half hours. But it was during the daytime on the way there. You got the pods. You got the. We got the pods. We're like, dude, this is like right? sweet. This is nice. So it was daytime. So obviously we're working in the air. We do, Prepping you know, for your meeting. Prepping for the meeting. And, yeah. You got stuff to do. And uh, so it was comfy. You know, right. don't get me wrong. It was comfy. And then, and then, uh, but then we like turned and burned. We went over there. We went, we got there late that night. Went to sleep, Did woke a full up, day. full day, and then red eye back. You know, because we got employees and family, right. and like, we're not just going to hang out in California for no reason. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, so you do the same you, thing. Yeah, it's time get, to get home, man. You get home, yeah. Yeah, Dimitri's like, hey, we got to build rockets, and yeah, Godzilla's yeah. on. You know, there's things going on where, here. Where are you, Dad? Where are you, Dad? <laughs> yeah. He gets on the phone. He's like, are you watching Godzilla without me? No, I'm not watching Godzilla. <laughs> on, on my way, son. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I'm coming back. On the way back, because we were stoked. We're like, sweet. We're going to get the pod seats on the way back be able to yeah. go to sleep uh, and then because we typically when we land we'll come right here and we're, we were right back into a meeting yeah so i'm like sweet we're gonna get all refreshed come back brush our teeth you know we'll be good right be a beautiful moment no just regular old <laughs> like the the 1985 first class seats uh, yeah. yeah all the way back I know all about and, those the, and you know that coming here is longer it's like an hour and a half longer. Yeah, and you're going, you're flying against the sun, and that makes it even more. Oh, it's dark time. Yeah, yeah it's like we wow. left at like 11 p.m. I'm with you, got here at like 11 a.m. I got on a Delta aircraft one time. 
They were like, hey, no, 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 we moved to another flight and this and that. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I'm like, I'm showing, I'm on this other flight. I'm like, oh no, that's, we don't know what happened. I'm like, well, this is what you told me. You see what I'm holding right here. <laughs> and so it's just me and yeah. the gate agent. And they go, well, I said, there's a plane there. Yeah, but there's no one on the plane. There's just the crew. And so all of a sudden, I'm on a plane. This is one of the big ones. I'm on a plane. It's the captain. It's the co-pilot. And there's three crew members who were all going to lay back in their seats. But if there's one passenger, they have to go through the whole thing. No. So it was just me in first class <laughs> and three semi-gracious. <laughs> you tell them, like, guys, listen, I won't and, tell anybody. And, then, but, and you're like. <laughs> you look back at a plane. There's no, there's nobody. So it's not like you can even check out <laughs> no, and not no, pay attention no, because I'm, I'm on the safety briefing. Like it's the most, I'm going through the boat. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so if you have to do this, I'm going to pay attention because it's just basket. Me. Would you like some snacks? It's just me. I would have been like, you know what? It was, it was surreal. I would have been like this. Listen guys, it was surreal. Let's just hang out. So my second surreal air, and then we should yeah. talk about culture. So okay, yeah. we're going to talk about something important. My second surreal airline experience, a friend said, Kirk, um, I've got to move my parents, you know, and I was in Arizona and they were in Utah. And so we were going to, if you could drive the truck up to St. George or Las Vegas, we'll meet there. Yeah. So Las Vegas, we'll meet in Las Vegas. I'll take the truck the rest of the way. You know, da, da, da. I said, great, happy to do it. And I'll, I'll fly you home. So this is right in the middle of COVID, right? So I'm drive up, he takes a truck full of, mom's stuff he thanks me buys me an in and out burger drops me at the airport oh that's nice drops me at the airport it's a good way to pay somebody i've got my ticket i walk in this is covid right this is this is after it's become a political freaking football but it's you know we're about i don't know six eight months in i walk in think about all the times you've been in las vegas airport just cabs everything i walk in i am an apocalypse movie i can't even see another human being that big bank of counters there's no, there's not even someone to sell me to tell me to check my bag or anything. There's just, there's nobody. I'm just like that whole Las but Vegas. But it was open. It was open. So I finally walk up and I go, "Hello." Little gal comes out. And she goes, "Oh." And then I walk through security. Just me, <laughs> just me and a couple TSA guys. We're all masked up. Just me. And I walk, you know, and it's, I just walk all the way to the gate, and it's just me. And finally, another little lady shows up. So two people. This is yeah. Flew me from Las right. Vegas to Phoenix Sky Harbor. First world problems. First world problems. Yeah. Okay. For first world first class problems. I have a picture of that. I can. We'll try to integrate it in. Just me alone in Las Vegas. I like that you're um, speaking of pictures. Pull this little book out. Oh. Can we can we pimp this book? You can pimp it. This this uh, this book, the Cookie Thief. The cookie Thief. Um, I like. Is it in this book or is it in the video? What are you looking for? Describe it to me. Hold I'll tell on, you. Hold on. This right here. Oh, the the fact that you are a passenger in your own book. Yeah. But you're a scooper because I know you're a well, pooper scooper. Yeah. We need more scoopers. Well, that, that less we, poopers. Now we need to pimp that other book. Well, that's worth good. Is that right what now. you say? We need more scoopers. Yeah, we need more, less pointers and poopers. Less pointers and more leaders and scoopers. Yeah. More leaders and scoopers. Yes, guys. Um, is this on Amazon? How do you get these books? Yeah, they should go to kirkweiser.com. Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. happy to pelt. So, so. Don't go to Amazon. No, Amazon <laughs> deserves you know, five, six bucks for my book when I get paid two. Um, sure, go to Amazon if you hate me. Uh, all right, so. Um, Anyways, the cookie thief, and then uh, we don't have the other one here. The do dog we? poop initiative. The dog poop initiative. Um, real quick, talk about the dog poop initiative and and who buys that book. 
because the, he, you have written two beautiful children's books for adults. For and adults. I think we're at that pl- we're at that stage in in, in our society where, where we need to dumb it down. We just got to dumb it down and like at no, this point no, adults no, need to re- no, listen the, the to truth is, the truth is these are both these are both 5 minute books but the idea is that we've got that team huddle, we've got that team meeting, yeah. and nobody wants to go wah, 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 wah. What we want is to share a short, quick message. People are learning in sound bites these days, mm-hmm. right? So we, we want that short video. We just want that nugget of information that we want to be able to process it. And what we really want, I think, is we want leaders to lead a discussion. Get out of the monologue, get into a dialogue with your people. And so the Cookie Thief was designed to have that dialogue about what happens when we go to a negative narrative. Yeah. We think, oh, that person slighted me, or this process sucked, or this system's gonna, or this change is gonna suck, and they just create the negative narrative before they really even explore, ask any questions. So to get out of judgment, it's a beautiful book, and move into curiosity. Yeah, right. So, um, have you read that? Mm-mm. No. Oh, it's beautiful. Mario, and then this book will change your life. It will change and your life. Jake made a video when he was sixteen. I was just gonna say that. Is it is it still out there? Yeah. So you go to Jake Weisler or to type in Jake Weisler, and and he called it Weisler. V-I-S-L-E-R, Weisler Studios. So Jake Weisler, W-E-I-S-L-E-R, or Weisler Studios, The Cookie Thief. Mm. And you'll see Jake's film. He made it when he was 16. Well, yeah. Here he is now. In an airport. That's right. Somehow they got access to an airport, and he did the whole thing in an airport, behind TSA, Mm. in an airplane, the whole thing. Yeah. Beautiful. They gave him a gate. Yeah. They gave him a... We knew the vice president of uh, Delta Airlines in uh, in, um, Atlanta from church. Okay. And so this guy totally hooked him up with a network. Yeah. Networking. Networking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And they even got an aircraft. They got to film on an aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> they treated these guys like a, and they, and they bought him Chick-fil-A lunch. So <laughs> Mario, you don't stand a chance to get Dude, a shake. Sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go watch that video. It's just, the if you, if you will read can, the, can, read can, the book. Can we put a link? Can we put a link in your yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can put a link. Yeah. We'll put there. a link we'll in the description. Link. We'll yeah, the description. There you go. All right. Anyways. So cookie thief, uh, the Dog Poop Initiative, and then Dog Poop Initiative, the biggest purchaser of that book is... Boeing Aircraft, which may not be good because didn't they just lose a door or something? Are they the uh, aircraft that lost the door? The door blew off? Uh, Alaskan Airlines, a door blew off their aircraft. This yeah, is a, I don't know if it was, that was Boeing, but... but that, was, that, was, that was not Boeing, was it? Well, did they, didn't they build the plane? I don't know. Can you Google that? Yeah, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, because I, I think they, there was a there was a uh, one of those cartoons that said um, the aircraft went up, but the, the stock price went down or <laughs> <laughs> so what ha- I don't know anything yeah, about this. What happened? No, no. It was the the, the seal. So it was the emergency door, but it was the seal. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the door. The seal and the door. In flight, they were just they were just at sixteen thousand feet, and they were talking about it. if they had been at twenty four thousand feet, it would have been a different story. Anybody get hurt? No, because everyone was still strapped in because they were still. Oh man! But if they'd already been started to serve, I'll tell you what: sixteen thousand feet and that and a door open, a pressurized door. Open, yeah, that's still rough, right? Yeah, no, it was they, it was Boeing. It was yeah, it was a Boeing seven three seven. They might not be buying. That's not related to my book. That's <laughs> so <laughs> just to clear that up, guys. Just to clear that up. No, um, the Dog Poop Initiative is enables and empowers leaders to have a discussion with their people without shame or embarrassment. Yeah, about ownership, accountability, mm-hmm. and initiative. In other words, if you see something, don't just say something and don't just complain about it. Freaking. You, we did a podcast. Oh man, this is we have to go way back in the podcast. In your truck, in, on the, on the, the in the rental on the back of the airport. It was okay. a short podcast, but it was a great podcast. We should put a link to that podcast in the description of today's. Yeah, he can do that. We'll so, do that. but real, go ahead. The, the so I was working with a company in Ogden, Utah. Yeah, they do uh, auto safety stuff, uh-huh. uh, auto leave. Yeah, and 
what they wanted, I thought, what what they need, what they're asking for, I said, I I know a guy, and that was you. Mm-hmm. They, I said, this guy's a veteran, da da da, and he talks about this, and so I. That's the first time I, I asked you, would you come up and speak? That was the first time. Yeah, that wasn't your yeah, full yeah. fee. I said, this is what I've got. And you're yeah, like, yeah. sure, Kirk. So you were gracious. Anything, and, anything for Kirk. Yeah, and um, he still charged a lot, though. So just don't be, <laughs> don't we think you're getting a freebie here. So um, then, then, so then, so that Nick got his full value. He goes, well, hey, listen, on the way back to the airport after the gig, he said, let's do a podcast. And I go, great, where do you want to do it? He goes, on the way back there. <laughs> So was Allie driving? Allie drove. So Allie, Allie drove. Set the camera up on the uh, yeah. Mounted thing. the camera on the inner, on the the yeah the what, center console. Center console. Yeah. And then Nick is asking me hard questions in the back seat. It was it was a back seat affair. I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but we were close. <laughs> we were close. But we we uh you brought up I can't exactly remember we were ta- we talking about the dog poop initiative and you were saying something why the number one reason why don't people don't take initiative right. Oh, the thing that this is the yeah. thing that I learned. So it's one of the things that, that's on my pay it forward sheet, but not not today. But but I thought the number one reason people didn't take initiative was it's not their mess. It's not my trash. I'm not going to pick it up. Right. It's not my dog poop. Right. I'm not going to pick. I thought that that was makes more, sense, right? Right. Not my stuff. Why should I? Why should I get with it? But I'm well. a guest on this radio show. It's probably the first time I'd ever said in front of mics like this on this radio show. And we're supposed to have this five minute really ha ha session about the book because it's so cute and clever. But what happens is the phones light up. And the, the DJ says, the DJ DJs, it was a team, yeah. said, Could, Kirk, this should be fun. We got a whole bunch of people calling about this dog poop initiative story. Would you stay on and take a couple live calls? Sure, I'm, I've never done it, right? Just like I never <clears throat> did jujitsu until I met you. I'm like, yeah. sure, I'm, I'm, I'm willing for some pain. Let's try it. So this is what I learned from the theme of every single person that called in that day was this. The number one reason people don't take initiative is not because it's not their mess. It's peer pressure and culture. Here's the example that I think illustrates all the comments. If I could put all the comments in, this is the illustration. She said, I'm on my way back from um, lunch with the work team. Mm-hmm. So the whole Johnny Six team goes out in four cars. You guys yeah. go to lunch, you're coming back. Two of the teams are already inside. The other two teams park. Now they're walking back towards the building. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a trash can by the front door of the building. Mm-hmm. But 20 feet before the trash can, off in the grass, 10 feet, a huge, nasty, big gulp, slurpy, circle K, whatever. Yeah. Just laying there, kind of crushed, a little stained, a little messy, mm-hmm. right? One, She says, I saw it. Some of the employees that already were ahead of me, I stepped off the sidewalk and took two steps for, towards it. Yeah. Right, bending down to pick it up. And one of my coworkers says, don't touch that. You don't know where it's been. And shamed, she says, shamed me out of picking up. Like, mm. like, like I'm going to catch something. And she said, so I didn't pick it up. Mm. And she said, and it made me mad all day. <laughs> she said, and, and she said this on the radio show. She said, because I realized later that they didn't really care whether I got germs or not. The reason they didn't want me to pick it up was they what? Didn't. They didn't. They didn't take the initiative. If you pick it up, it'll really show the fact that what? I didn't pick it up. All those people walked before you. If you take it. initiative, you're yeah. going to make me look, look bad. bad. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about her. They cared about how her initiative would make them look weak. There's a thousand shadows of this that play out every day. Yeah. You got a coworker taking a little too much initiative. The other coworkers are threatened. So they start making little comments, little digs. Mm-hmm. Here's another example. So um, Mario, who's our, our, our AV man, our video freaking super God over there. So let's pretend that he's a, the brand new employee at the meeting. So, so you guys grew a lot last year at Johnny Slicks, right? Yeah. 
So, so he shows up. He's one of the new people. He's excited. He wants to be accepted. He wants to fit in. He wants to contribute. He wants to kick some ass, right? He wants to make you proud. Yeah. You did the right hire, right? Right. But he also has little insecurities, right? Because he, he wants to fit in. He's got to be accepted by his peers, right? Yeah, I had to like, I had to like mortgage my second mortgage my house to afford right? him. So, <laughs> he, but, he, but, he still, but he, no matter no matter how much, right? <laughs> he he wants to fit in. So, there you're having a team meeting. You've got this great culture. Like, does anyone have any suggestions? And so he says. He goes, I have a suggestion. He makes a suggestion. After the meeting, though, a couple of coworkers thinking, who's this new guy? So they don't tell him not to make suggestions, but they say, hey, Mario. And he goes, yeah. He goes, did you notice anyone else make suggestions at the meeting? He goes, no. Yeah, there's a reason for that. You might want to think about it. <laughs> and, and Mario's like, he just learned what it's not okay to make what? Suggestions. Yeah, suggestions. Or or they might say, it might even be worse. That if it's a toxic culture, they might say, hey, do you just know how no one made suggestions? And he goes, oh, well, what do you, what do you mean? Well, there's a reason no one made suggestions because nothing really ever changes around here. I guess after you stop being new, you'll figure that out. <laughs> Boom. Mm. Right? Just shutting him down. And there's a thousand shadows of that. I'm and pretty sure if somebody pulled that... Well, it's your, Here, you have we, a healthy culture. I'm we, just, they would be fired like for so fast. I we know. would, we would strict, we would like, I would, I probably would have this, I'd be so angry right, right? that I would, I would have to skip the strike one, two, and three people <laughs> analyzer I, and go straight to like, I don't think you could be I'm here I'm not anymore. saying this is reflective culture. This was a, just an example. Next I'm getting, this. I'm getting hot just but thinking I, about that no, scenario. But, Face but, turning red. I see yeah. but, but some of your listeners, they have worked or are currently working in a place. That, in the places that are like that. that. Yeah. 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 Where there's these, all these little dimmers and we're shutting down initiative because if you take initiative, you're going to make me. But you kind of work like, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but you've worked with, you worked with places that was kind of like that, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like creatively, I'm not, gonna, I'm not, yeah, creatively too, but like, I mean, even working as a cop. Well, obviously. Ex- yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it was. Don't do your job too good. Like literally <laughs> like, that's why, that's why like when people graduate the academy, they're like so excited and then. To, I mean, it's probably the same thing with the military. Of course. Yeah, yeah no. You Two do. or three years in, you're like, oh. No, when I went to the Rangers, I was freaking, I was such a naive Boy Scout. I thought, <laughs> I thought oh, we're all here to be the best. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of the elite, you know. I'm, all, I'm, I'm so stoked. I can't, when I find out a couple of my colleagues are smoking dope and stuff, right? And this is back in the 80s, right? This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no one's legalizing anything, right? <laughs> it's not socially acceptable. But, but I'm, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah. No one in my elite team, like, because we're all here for the same reasons, right? I just yeah. have this, right? I was, I was, it, there was such a gap between reality and what I thought we were there for. Of course. Yeah. And other people were I like, I had the same thing when I entered the Marine Corps. Yeah. They're like, what are you, a Boy Scout? And all of a sudden, I was the bad guy for having higher standards, morals, and expectations. Yeah. I was. That's the way it was, man. What do they call it? Uh, <laughs> when I first came out, Mo, Motard. They're like, look at this Motard. He believes, like, yeah, because he believes in the creed. Yeah, right. <laughs> I believe in being epic and like training and doing the things that we're supposed to do as Marines. I memorized the Ranger Creed and I thought that's what we were supposed to be. I'm like, recognizing the Rangers are more They're like, like nerd. Who arrived at the cutting edge battle by land, sea, or air. I accept the fact as a Ranger, my country expects me to move further, fight harder, fat, right? I just I had it all down. I believed it. And they were like, what a freaking. What a nerd. Yeah, like, oh, they're all laughing. <laughs> they're, they're all laughing at me. I'm like, oh. Right? Oh man. But that's the peer pressure. That's the culture. Yeah. The culture. See, that's why they say culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture. So you've got these great intents, this great mission statement, these great value statements, and you've got them in the lobby and they look really good mm-hmm. and they read really well. Oh yeah. You're like putting your hand over your heart. Yeah. But if the culture doesn't want it, if the culture cancels it, so culture is more powerful than strategy. 
So I'm doing a lot of safety briefings right now, lots of stuff in the safety community. So these people get together and they're representing all these organizations and they're, they're, they're tracking their safety and they want fewer incidents because they want fewer claims because right, those, all yeah. those, and, and people are getting hurt. So <clears throat> one of the illustrations that we use is, um, the, the NASA, um, so OSHA regulations, most people know what yeah, OSHA, yeah. so, so there's OSHA regulations, then there's the NASA regulations and their book on safety and regulations for safety is a, it's, it's big, mm-hmm. like it's Britannica, big. Oh, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> and yet a lot of people say kind of, yes, it's good, but it also can, it's sometimes a hindrance. So, but yeah. then, then we've got two of the greatest disasters, right? We've got, right? Those shuttle disasters. We've had a couple shuttle shuttles mm-hmm. blow up in space. And the, the commission that it's, that looked at both of these horrific accidents that cost lives and millions and billions of dollars they said the culture played as big of a role in this incident as the O-ring. The culture played as big of a role or bigger than the foam. The foam and the O-rings were both known issues. So it it wasn't a matter of, it, these were known issues, mm-hmm. but they were dismissed. They were canceled by the culture. Mm-hmm. People had offered warnings. They'd said, hey, I'm, I'm concerned about this. Yeah, but if we delay this launch, then all these projects on the launch, one of them's mine is gonna get pushed back and finally, Priorities, I won't have a project on the shuttle, which means I won't get my PhD, da 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 da. So the right the culture canceled safety. Damn. Now, contrast that with <clears throat> a group of linemen. So I'm in I'm in Wyoming. I'm with a group of linemen, and we're having a culture day and a celebration day and a recognition day. And I'm just supposed to be there as a kind of a motivational speaker. I'm not there to solve it or fix anything. I'm just there to be part of the hoorah of the day. Pro- provide some aha. So yeah. They didn't have anywhere to put all these guys. So now we're, this is the weirdest. We're at a rodeo. We're at a rodeo grounds. So the, all these lineman trucks, all these linesman's trucks, everyone's still tilled boots and wranglers in Wyoming, right? And then we got 180 guys sitting in the stands of a rodeo. They've got a little rodeo stage out there with a clown barrel next to it and a microphone. And that's where we're supposed to walk out there and present from. So, <clears throat> but the, the, the president of this group is out there and he's, he's recognizing people that have been there for 20 years, whatever. And then he calls out this cowboy. And all I can tell you is this guy looked like the marble man. He just, I thought this is probably five foot 10. This guy walks out there, a little bit of bowed legs, his boots. He's got his hat on. You can tell he does not want to be in front of his peers, but they call him out there and they reckon Rusty, what's his name? Rusty, Rusty, Rusty. So Rusty's up there and the, the president says, and um, been with us for 28 years, come up on 30 years. He's always had a crew. We always give him the new guys. And yet in, th- in those 28 years, he's never had an incident. He's never had an injury on his crew. Rusty, can you share with us your philosophy? And how, how is it you've managed? Because we've had a lot of accidents. We've had some tragedies. How is it you, right, with the new crews? And so think about the NASA book. Yeah. Listen to this guy's book because he's doing this thing on a three by five card. Here's what he says. And I get chills. I think about this guy. He goes, well, I get a new guy in the crew. First thing I do is find out if I'm married. If they're married, I'm asking the name of the wife and the color of her eyes. If they got kids, I ask them those same things. What the names? Are they old, are they? Color of their eyes. And I tell them, I'll never want to be sitting down looking in them eyes telling something happened to you on my crew. It ain't going to happen. You understand me? I ain't never be sitting down talking to Lori looking in her pretty little eyes telling her you got hurt on my crew. It ain't going to happen. We're going to be safe. 
We ain't taking no shortcuts. You got it? That's what I say. He was done. NASA, OSHA, rusty. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Keeping it real. So you think about those two things. Now, it, granted, it's easier to control the culture of my crew than the culture of something as big as NASA. I mean, but, taking shortcuts. But somewhere along, the, somewhere along, every group was a leader mm-hmm. who has to think and feel like Rusty does, has to care enough about those individuals to get them to lean in and him to go, I know more about you than you. I know there's people at home waiting for you, wanting you, loving you. Yeah. And I care more, I care as much about them as I do you. And I got to get home to them. So da, 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 we're not taking shortcuts. So culture eats strategy for breakfast. The leaders influence culture, or they should. Well, they are. No, they, no, they should. They are. All cultures are influencing. All cultures are influenced by leaders and everybody else. It's amazing to me how many organizations, and not even businesses, but organizations, groups of people. Yeah just have absolutely shit culture and there's and there's you can super, feel it uh, you can feel it yeah. and it's like the majority of these people like you got to think and we've talked about this a lot um how much like, let's just go to the work thing how yeah. much you work yeah in your life yeah more more working more waking hours at work mm-hmm. than at home more home hours maybe but as far as waking hours of yeah. your life work experiences yeah work yeah conversations ha- it's just unacceptable to, to, to spend that amount of time in a negative space, in a negative, toxic working environment where people operate that way. Yeah. It's, just, it's not, it's, can't do it. Okay, so I was blown away this morning. Nick took me to um, Crest, Crest. Yeah, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Hampstead. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, my second time ever, Yeah, uh, to roll with uh, the guys. You, which Kirk, did, I did not make Kirk go. Kirk, Kirk asked what the schedule of the day was. Okay, well, okay, so you guys that are on this listening, so I, I live in Arizona, but I'm out here this week to work with Johnny Slicks and to work with Nick, and so I thought I don't want to be here in a hotel. I want to, I want to. I mean, what would you pay to shadow this guy who has a morning ritual and routine, and right, he he he's got his life dialed in. So I said, I want to, I just want to be with you every minute that I can. So I'm really kind of a stalker. In his back pocket. So I've done a lot of caffeine today. And well, you've got to keep up. So <laughs> so this morning, part of part of his routine this morning was the the Yeah, jujitsu. Jujitsu. Yeah. So again, this is not something I have a lot of experience with, but it was really cool. So uh after we rolled a little bit, I'm talking with Matt. Sure. I'm yeah. talking with Matt, one of the guys. And you I talked go, to a bunch of guys, but yeah, Matt was but one this, of them. I was talking yeah. to this one guy, and this goes back to what you're talking about, toxic culture. And I said, so how long have you been doing jujitsu? This many years, you know, uh, how do you know Nick? I'm just kind of making a conversation. And this is what I learned. He said, he said, well, he said, we actually moved where we moved because of this gym, this jujitsu. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, he said, every jujitsu place isn't the same. He said, they might all say they do jujitsu, but he said that each one of these dojos has their own culture. Is that what we call them dojos? Sure. Whatever. They have their own culture. He said, some of them are toxic. He said, you're all doing jujitsu in there, but there's this competitive alpha thing going on. And there's just this, he said, and you can just feel it. You can just feel it. He said, so this was a research thing for me. He said, I researched, I visited. He did. He actually came and visited. I remember him coming and visiting while he was out of of town. Then I went home and my wife and I drew a circle around this gym saying, we're going to buy a home somewhere inside of this radius of this gym. I'm like, what? But that's how important culture was to him. Because he said, I want to do something I love. And I want to, I don't want to do it in a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it in a toxic gym. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. Now think about that from the business owner's perspective. Okay, go ahead. Like if you can create that 
where you can create clients, you can create customers, not be necessarily because of the product, but because of your culture. Yeah. What you stand for. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure with your, the clients you work with, you say this, but, but here, the reality is when that 60, $70,000 employee leaves, Gardner and Forrester, all the research says it cost them twice their salary to replace them because mm-hmm. all the institutional knowledge that left is now all the bandwidth of hiring, recruiting, onboarding that next person. Now we get them up to productivity. It's just so much, there's just so much financial incentive to keep the people you have and to keep them engaged. We have a 90 day lead, like a 90 day from, from not even a full up round, but it's a 60 day process to bring somebody on. 60 days to bring somebody on to bring somebody on then they have a 30 day uh whatever i forgot what they call it like a 30 day there's like an eval yeah i forgot what rebecca calls it but basically they're on like a 30 day like eval trial trial. like a probation kind of probation kind of period okay and they're training during that 30 days and at the end of the day that 30 days they become an employee with benefits and etc um but think about if that doesn't work out Six, that's 90 days. It's 90 days. And then you got to repeat the process over again if they don't work out. Right? But we have our process dialed but in. How, listen, I, I'm in 80 companies a year. Yeah. And all of them, all well, all is kind of such a big word. 95% of them have got stories about people they're trying to get rid of that they didn't, they, and they have to own the fact they hired them. They got to own it. And if they're a government agency, Right? Forget it. Yeah. They're, Forget it. They're, it's just, so they just pass them around. Yeah. They just pass them around. Yeah. How can we transfer this person? And they're they're lying to colleagues saying, oh, no, he's good, right? No, she's great. And they're sending their most toxic person. I did a program in Minnesota for the VA, and we just had a phenomenal day. We were just having so much fun, and we did two or three groups, and they said- You just made every veteran on here cuss, by the way, as soon as oh, you said I? that. Yeah, as soon as you said the VA. Oh, sorry. They were all just like- these were these are VA these are these are these are people that do VA support. So they one of the hospitals or whatever up there. So um, they said, Kirk, when's your flight? And I said, so and so. And they said, um, so we'll get you to the airport. Could you do one more group? I said, sure. Right, I'm here. Yeah, my, yeah. mine's a daily rate. So, and I go, tell me about your group. They go, well, all the bad apples <laughs> that nobody could stand, we put them on their own team. So this is all the toxic people that we can't get rid of, all blended together. We kept them in a oh fun in a separate pod, and they came in. Holy, you could just feel like, and they're like, you, no one's gonna motivate me. No one's gonna, no one's gonna change me. They're, I mean, they, they were saying things out loud. Hey, you know that's not a bad tactic though. Like if you're gonna, if you know, as long as they don't have to produce. You take all the bad apples that you can't get rid of and you just right. put them in their own This was the section. expendables in the most negative way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these these were when budgets come, <laughs> that's the team that's getting cut. <laughs> these were these were the most broken. So but I and one lady said to me, You're not gonna change anything for me. I said, I'm not here to change anything for you. Right? You're exactly where you choose to be. Yeah. So and if that's good for you and toxic everyone else, I guess you can live with that. Yeah. And make us live with you. Right? I'm just here to offer some ideas, but just for people that want to grow, learn, change. So not you. <laughs> Got it. You right? made it noted. I'm like, noted. That was a, what an experience. So how'd it go? It was horrible. It was, uh, you know, at the end I had two people stay and say, right? 
Yeah. And so did I really break through those two people? I don't know, but I did my best. And if you broke through one? Yeah. If, I mean, the, 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 what is it called? The cattle, catas, what's catalyst. Cat, no. The cascade. The cascade effect. The cascade effect of just changing one person's life could be a big deal. And in the, in the entrepreneurial accelerator that uh, we're doing this Saturday, yeah. this, this program that you're doing for, to help entrepreneurs kind of grow themselves business in owners, business yeah. and business owners. Yeah. Um, I hope that we have time to talk about the orbits model, but the orbits model talks about how, you know, we're orbiting. So our, just pretend our employees are in an orbit around our why and our purpose. Yeah. And then they might go slightly out. They might, their orbit might just, they might have a toxic interaction or some negative interaction. So they might, they may now that their orbit might just increase a little bit. And the farther they get away from the core, mm-hmm. the more likely they are to disengage until finally. And there's four orbit cycles. And by the time they reach the fourth cycle, they're already right. The two middle cycles, they've disengaged. They've, they've quit and stayed the third cycle. Right. So, but in these two middle cycles, there's a chance to get them back to core orbit, but you've got to be aware and measurable. So, but it's, it's true. These people were, these people had quit and stayed and they would have been exited, but they're like, why am I going to exit this government paycheck? Right? Kind I get of I get benefits. Yeah, I get benefits. I get it. And I get I get a paycheck regardless of whether how well I do. All right. So always forward. So Nick, yeah. Um, I don't know how long we would want to chat on this podcast, but let me let me just. I had a couple things I wanted to share with the always forward listeners. Okay. About, about let's and about this culture thing that we're talking about. So about culture, and uh, one of the things that uh, organizations struggle with is communication. And so, but communication just is so broad and so vague. So I want to offer a couple resources to the always forward. Listen, if you're out there and you're leading a team, you're on a team, you're coaching a team or maybe a business. And I know a lot of your, a lot of your people in your tribe are are running their own ship, running their own teams and businesses. Um, There's a book called the leader's voice. And there's a couple lessons I learned from this book, the leader's voice. And so I want to share those lessons um, uh, and kind of pay them forward if I can. So the leader's voice is how your communication can inspire change and, and, and change results. And it's a very research book. So here's the research. The research is <clears throat> we're going to look at, we're going to look at Nick. We're going to look at every person at Johnny Slicks. We're going to look at Mario. We're going to look at if you, if you guys have a shared WhatsApp place, if you've got a shared uh, forum, uh, employee forum, email, your personal emails, phone calls. We're going to attend every meeting with every one of your people all month long. And we're going to just look at all the stuff that you receive, everything that your supervisor told you, everything that you got from your peers. We're looking at all the communication that happened to you individually. And we're going to look at it. And we're looking for three things, facts, symbols, and emotions. Mm-hmm. Because the most successful communication by research, the most, the, the kind of communication that can got somehow move to here, to here, to hands, right? Yeah. Head, heart, hands that just put you in motion contains three elements, facts, symbols, and emotion. Okay. And here's what the research says, that 95, 96% of all the communication that most people receive at work is just the facts. And the facts, like that spreadsheet, seldom inspire change or results. They're just the facts. But if you can communicate those facts with symbols mm-hmm. and emotion, stories, right, that is a chance to get that stuff Head to head, head to heart, heart to hands, and and cause right. So I like I like how uh, it, it makes sense because it ties into you've heard Simon Sinek talk about the why and the human the the whole human interaction of why we connect to things like we're not going to connect to a yeah. a, a fact. 
you know, so it's not, it's not how we, it's not how we get sold on something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hopefully everyone on, on the always Ford, I'm sure you've mentioned Simon before has watched his beautiful little Ted talk on the why. Yeah. Right. But imagine that same talk. If you haven't, I highly suggest. And he's a, yeah. he, I think he's a master teacher. He's masterful, his ability to connect and convey, but imagine that same presentation without the visual. Mm. Right. Not going to be there. It's, it's right. And, and he did it on like an old, like he, uh, he flip, did, like he did flip it on book. a flip chart with a marker. Yeah, a flip chart. And yeah. yet we were looking at things like we were trying to hit the target. Yeah. Well, I was, you're leaning in. It was freaking yeah. Ted talk. Yeah. So that's the symbol. So we're seeing the symbol facts, symbols, emotion. Here's an, here's a, here's an example. Then I want to come back to the, a little bit more to this, the leader's voice in a couple lessons. Mm -hmm. So you and I, uh, at the accelerator, we're going to talk about clarity. Mm -hmm. Clarity is this, Clarity is such a huge thing. It's it's the it's one of the greatest gifts as leaders that we can give to our families, that we can give to our teams, and we can give to ourselves. So clarity is important. Those are the I would say those are the facts, but they're just words. Here's an illustration that I saw that I just thought I love this illustration. So I'm listening to this guy talk, and he, he's talking about clarity, and he puts up a picture of the ocean, and it's just the ocean. There's no land. It's just water as far as you can see. And he goes, imagine that you're on this ocean, your boat sank, your plane went down, you're on this ocean in a lifeboat with some other person. So Nick, you and I are on this lifeboat in the middle of the ocean and it sucks. Like, oh, wow, this, this sucks. We didn't intend to be here and we don't know where we are and our vessel is under the waves and right. it's just you and me. And we float there and we've got this little plastic oar and there's a little flap with a first aid kit. There's another little plastic oar and it's you and me. And on day two, no one's flown over. <laughs> no one's come to find us. And um, and uh, and I'm I'm going, man, this sucks. And then you go, you know, Kirk, what I think we should do. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what do you think we should do, Nick? I think we should paddle in that direction. You just point over the side of the raft. You just point, and I look, and all I see is ocean. And then I swing, and I three sixty. And it's the exact same everywhere. And I go, and so Nick, why do you, why do you think we should go that direction? And you go, I like Kirk, it's just, just a feeling, <laughs> right? And I go, oh, really? Tell me more about your feelings, Nick. Is it the same feeling you had, you had when you felt like we should go on this fishing trip? <laughs> Is it the same feeling you had, Nick, when you opened up that first aid pouch yesterday and drank both the water packets in there? Is that that same feeling? I was thirsty. <laughs> And I'm like, because the feeling I'm having right now is I hit you over the head with this oar and drink your blood, right? <laughs> it's day two. What's morale like in our boat? Not great. What's motivation like on our boat? Not great. What's engagement like in our boat? Pretty intense. Right? Yeah. Okay, now let's change one thing in our story. Okay. And watch how it changes everything. Same two guys, same thirsty friend that drank both packages yesterday. Day two, though, you go, hey, Kirk, look. I look over the boat and the distance, it's not a mirage, in the distance the clear, um, unmistakable outline of land. Mm -hmm. Does anybody need a pep talk right now? No. Right? No. You and I are right now, what? We're, we're, we're stroking it. There's not, a lot of there's not a lot of talking going on. Okay, so yeah. now let's bring this back to business. Yeah. The, when a leader can give their people clarity, mm -hmm. this is where we're going. Yeah. This is why we want to get there, right? And every effort you're making is taking us towards that desired destination. That's the power of clarity. 
So remember, we're talking about two things here. We're talking about clarity. We're also talking about facts, symbols, and emotion. Me telling, hey, people, get some clarity so because it'll give you more mm -hmm. momentum. Those are just, let me illustrate the power of clarity. Now, leaders, how do we check for clarity? And where do we want, what kind of clarity do we want to give people? We want to give clarity people, we want to give people clarity around a couple things. One, the destination. Mm -hmm. Two, points on the board. Are my efforts moving us towards this destination, right? So I see clearly where we're going. I see our why. I see clearly that every effort I'm making is taking us towards that. Right. Right. And clearly, it means, I, I understand why we're going there. Clearly. That's about clarity gives confidence. Confidence increases engagement. Because I know that everything I'm doing is right. It's what you want me to do. And you know what? I want to do what you want me to do. I want you to see me doing well. That's clarity. Is the only way to get there. Facts, symbols, and emotion. So we took the facts, we gave it symbols and emotion, we put the story around it, and all of a sudden, wow, clarity. Now we can have a bigger discussion about how we're going to get to clarity. If clarity is so important, right? I can't get to clarity by saying, is everybody clear about our goals? That's not checking for clarity. That's checking for some lame validation to validate yourself. Yes. Right? Yes, everybody's going to say yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, want to be yeah, the yeah. person that's not clear. Right. So, so we check for clarity by building trust by saying, well, so in your words, what are you trying to achieve? Right? You told me this brilliant story this morning. You said, um, I'm assuming everyone that listens to you knows what Johnny Slicks is and what it does. You, I freaking hope so. Okay. So, right. So, and I, and I use Johnny Slicks products and so, but I don't have a beard. I don't use the beard oil, but I use the other stuff and right. So. But you kind of went on a little rant this morning that was a purposeful rant. And it, it was a rant that you said, Kirk, my people have heard me give this rant. And it, and, it, and it was that, yeah, Johnny Slicks, this is what we sell. Yeah, This is not who we are. This is not all we do. Our mission is bigger. Now, you made the why bigger mm -hmm. and more visible. Give, give us a mini rant. You guys, you got you to you hear this rant. This was the rant. You mean for Johnny Slicks? For Johnny Slicks. Why, it's, why we just don't sell soap. Yeah, it's how this is more than soap and shampoo. So if you look at you look at the bigger companies out Hold there, on. That, yeah. Let me context this. Okay, we're contexting this. Remember, we're talking about the clarity because clarity clarity is this driver. Clarity invites engagement. Clarity clarity makes the why live and breathe. Clarity is the island that we see. Now look how Nick gets to clarity as a driver. That's what we're doing here. I just want to unpack it. The mit, our mission. Because otherwise, they're going to be your listeners are going to be so caught up in your story, they're going to be like, and ordering shampoo. That's not what, <laughs> that. Well, that's not what we're after. It's okay if you do. What we're after is what the leader is doing to bring clarity. This is just what I this is what I talk to the, the the staff with. I just want to make sure that we understand what we're doing here. Yeah. Okay. The, so the, it's very easy to get caught up and say, I, I just you know, like say you're in fulfillment. And I just I, I just pack boxes for Johnny Slicks. Yeah. And right. They go out the door. You know, I get an order, put the stuff in the box, and it goes out the door. Right. It's not what you. That's not what you're doing. But it's but it's what I'm doing. But it's not. But so let's take a step, big step back, and look at the industry as a whole. You've got companies literally selling the products that are making people sick, turn around, and I'm talking about sick with cancer, yeah. life-ending illnesses. Right. Okay. Life-ending illnesses, and they turn around and they sell the cure. For that exact illness. This is public. You can research this. Right. The same companies that make the stuff that make us sick are are selling, are this, selling the, the, the chemo juice, the that chemo make, juice. that's supposed to help make us better. Exactly. 
Okay. That's just evil by itself. Let's take it a step further. Okay. To make those products, they have sold out America. They have sold out their soul to make a couple extra bucks by moving those jobs overseas to make the product, to fulfill the product, to do everything that they're going to do. The, the bottle, the printing, every, the ingredients, everything, all of it mm-hmm. is not in this country. Not a bit of it. And they, and they bring it back to this country to put on stores to sell to you so that you can get sick and then turn around and they'll sell the cure, the medicine. Right, the medicine. To make you better. Right? Right. Evil. Okay. Evil. So now not only do we have a product that's on the shelf that's literally making people sick. Right. Selling them, selling, turn around and selling their insurance or selling them the chemo or they're having to like leverage their house. Right. But how are they making that money? Because they don't have a job to produce the product. Because, yeah. Right. Because they've outsourced that. So at Johnny Slicks, we're not just selling soap. Okay. We are selling what is truly the American dream. The manufacturing of that product right here we make in it America. Here. The, 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 the ingredients of that product right here in America, all organic. Every single, no chemicals. Johnny's a freaking wizard. I don't know how he's done it, but he's, he, right. it, it obviously is a lot of years and stress and, right. and, uh, and whatnot, but, but an all organic product. Okay. And then we have been told numerous times outsource your manufacturing overseas pennies. You can make it for pennies. Outsource your customer service to the Philippines. Pennies. Pennies. Outsource your fulfillment to some other company. What what do all those things do? Nothing for America. We literally have three families working for this company. Three. Husband, wife, and even kids. Teenagers that work for this company. Whole families. Whole families working for here. And we don't pay like some garbage-ass wage. Right. Like we pay above industry standard, okay. not above, not above minimum wage, above above industry, industry standards. Standard. Like what you could go get at Lowe's or Home Depot at a corporate job, right? You know, obviously there's entry level, and right. no, but even yeah. our entry level is above is above. So why? Because Americans need and shit costs money. Groceries cost money. Rent costs money. People have have lives that they have to do. Okay. This is the American dream. Provide a working environment that's not a toxic, not a toxic area place that that you can thrive. Like they come here, we get they get a gym membership, right? Mm -hmm. We we talk about leadership, we talk about growth, and you know what? I tell everybody that's coming here, you might not be here forever. If you come here and work two years for us, I want you to be so employable that you're like, I I I can go start my own business. I can go do this other thing, and you should. I got offers. You got. I got offers. I got, I got Good for you. Okay. We are. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not done, Kirk. Oh, no. I'm not done. <laughs> I just. I just. These people have. Just hold your thought. I got it. These people have sold their soul. All right. And now I want you to think about. Not only do we buy, do we employ Americans, and we got a huge team, and we've grown, we've, we've quadrupled this past year, and we will continue to do so. All right. So not only do we employ Americans and their families to earn a wage and to work in an environment that you are providing a safe product for Americans, right? right. right? All right. But every single ingredient that we buy, 
from every single company. We have 400 and something ingredients that we buy from, from different manu- our different um, ingredient manufacturers, raw right. ingredients providers. How many employees are they employing? Right. Because they're also American-made yeah, companies. That multiplier effect. Just, exactly. Yeah. That's what we're doing. So when somebody is packing a, 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 a bottle of beast wash, body wash, yeah. you're not just, we're not just selling soap. The, the amount of lives affected by you buying, the, the, the amount of lives that you're affecting in a positive way for buying one bottle of beast wash. It's hard to measure. It's hard to measure compared to buying some garbage thing off the self that's that's giving you cancer came out of a container overseas overseas made by the cheapest manufacturer yeah. the cheapest ingredients they can possibly so they can make it extra two dollars okay so always forward listeners so again it's so easy to get drawn into the passion of nick but the story he just shared with us just this minute is the same story he shared with his folks now think about that how important it was and what I'm feeling is I'm like, oh, because I, you know, after a couple weeks of just packing a whole bunch of boxes and getting all this, and your guys were just crushing it today, filling boxes for all the orders that you had. And so, right? But it's, it's easy to get caught up. It's easy to get, get dis- disconnected from the why. So leaders helping people connect with and stay connected to and reconnect with the why and to elevate it and to breathe life into it on a regular basis, that's important. Because clarity and connection drive results. And keep us engaged in the culture, as opposed to I'm just doing stuff. Every single person that works here loves working here. Yeah, we've had people leave and then come back. Yeah, and you've had you know that you've Couple had two, of several, two or several three, right? people. Yeah, yeah they've, they've left, and and my wife says the fish is the last one to know it's in the water. So you're like, oh, this is great, I love it, but they don't even know what they know or what they're experiencing because they're surrounded by it. They go somewhere else and they go, oh, oh. I don't feel that here. I, I, in fact, I feel this other thing here, and I don't like that. I want to go back there. Yeah, because you know what's crazy is even what's even wilder. And, and Mari, you can you can attest to this as technically as an empo- as an employee of the right. company. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks like, oh, I'm just going to come here and like have fun, and it's and that work is it's not like I don't have to work hard. Yeah, because these guys laugh a lot. Yeah, you work hard. You will work harder here than any other job. Yeah, and they all do. Mm-hmm. Am, am I wrong? No. Like it, the demand is high. I don't. I, it's just, it's not even like demand. It's just expectations from you. Yeah. And it's like I was just talking with them about it. It was just it's tough love, and I think maybe we're talking about that earlier, Kirk. It's tough love from you, but it's because you such have high expectations for everybody here to be better, and that's and that's like, and not a lot of places you get that. I didn't get that in my last yeah. job. And it's not an ambiguous better. There's clarity around the better. In other words right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking at very specific behaviors and it makes a difference. So this clarity, so coming back to clarity. Yeah. So we create clarity as leaders. We create clarity for ourselves because clarity does for us the same thing clarity does for our team. Mm-hmm. At the, at the accelerate, the, the entrepreneur accelerate this, this Saturday, uh, I know you're going to talk about vision. Mm-hmm. You're huge on vision and not just, Oh, have a vision, but no, 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 but no. you're not going to get off with that. My business, no. Right. No, you're going to dial in very specific until finally yeah. I see a blueprint. I see what it looks like. I feel what it feels like. I know where I fit in this picture that's so clear. So clarity will do for your team and your culture what clarity does for you. So seeking clarity is a worthy, that's a worthy effort. And checking for clarity, you're not going to, no one, no one listening to this podcast is going to be like, I'm going to go check for clarity and going to hit out of the park. 
but you're going to get better at it. <laughs> right. Right. Cause it's the, sets and reps. See, right. The, Cause the, the low end is like, are you guys clear? And then you're like, that was, that sucked. That was lame. That was like the least clear way to ask for clarity. So then you start learning how to check for clarity and all of a sudden clarity becomes a reward. People are like they want to be clear with you. I have a way to check for clarity. How do you check for clarity? I just say in your words, no, I just want them to tell me your story. In other words, yeah. I, I think I know what I see and what, what we're working for. How, what do you see? And man, that doesn't sound anything like, right? Like my wife and I are sitting there, right? And we're having on the same bench in the same meeting and she's hearing a very different talk than I am. So we go home and say, man, that was a great speaker. Yeah, I really liked what he said about marriage. He, he didn't talk about marriage, right? Oh, so the discussion. Yeah. We need some discussion to that's get to discovery, to get of, clarity. That's kind of the way that I do it. Yeah. I do. I kind of pull a special operations way. Go ahead. What do you do? Uh, it's back brief. Okay. I we, back. So I just told you that. Now back brief me. Teach um, me. Yeah. Tell me what I just. Tell me. Tell me what you heard. What you heard. Okay. So that goes to. So here's the four fatal assumptions. Grab your pens, people. These are the four fatal assumptions leaders make when they communicate. So let's see where they fit into our discussion. Okay. And then, and then I don't know how much time we have. But so the, here's the four fatal assumptions. So this is from, again, the book, The Leader's Voice. These are the four fatal assumptions leaders make when they communicate. So here's a leader in front of the people. The first fatal assumption they make is, right, they, they pontificate to their team. And because they're the leader and they've talked to the stakeholders and the shareholders and the, you know, the, the right, they're, yeah. the, they're the best communicator they know. Yeah. Right, they're, and they don't think they're all that, but they're good. Good, because they're in charge. They yeah. must be good. I'm the boss, man. Right. So I said stuff. First assumption I make: everyone understands what I just said. <laughs> yeah. Everyone understands. The second assumption I make is everyone agrees with what I just said. What What's to disagree with? I am the boss. I'm the boss. Yeah. Right. I'm the leader. I built this thing. Right. The third fatal assumption leaders make is that. Everyone cares about what I just said. <laughs> That's a funny one. Right? I hear you. I agree, but I don't know what that has to do with me. I'm right. Yeah. Right. The fourth fail assumption leaders make is things are going to change because of what I just said. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, right. Here, let me tell you, let me tell you, let, me, let me tell you. Those are the quick. four fatal assumptions. The way I communicate. So the re I've learned this through reps, sets and reps, like okay, the whole ahead. back brief thing and, okay. and providing clarity. Like I can, I can deliver a message and it be clear and then I still get back brief. But in day-to-day -day communication with me, right. and M Mario can attest to that, half the time I'll, I will say a paragraph and they will look at me like, what you just said makes no sense in my brain. Absolutely. I don't even know what language you're just speaking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mario, can you hear Mario? He said, I don't even know what language you're speaking. <laughs> I don't even know what language you're speaking. <laughs> and it happened to, uh, it, uh, so today we were talking about the, um, so after the Entrepreneur Accelerator, a week or two weeks later, we're launching a six-week um, online accelerator for the yeah. people that couldn't make it, you and I. We'll, we'll, we'll get it get to that in a second. But I'm I'm ta telling her about it so that she can create the product and we can have the offer oh, ready yeah, and yeah, everything. And, yes. And she goes, you just said a lot of things and none of them make sense. Who said that? Caitlin. Okay. <laughs> you just said a lot of things and none of it makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, but so I'm an outsider, right? So I don't work and yeah. live here every day. I, yeah, yeah. And, and I love you and I love Caitlin, so, yeah. but I, I don't have any skin in the game. So, but as a as a consultant, yeah. I'm not, and I wasn't in a consultant role, I was just in the room. Yeah. But what I what I saw was everything you just said exactly as you said it. Yeah. But 
what I saw was that was celebration for me was Caitlin was so confident in telling Nick, you're making no sense to me. <laughs> she wasn't like nodding and and then slinking out going, I guess I got to figure this out. I don't yeah, want to right. question Nick. She just was, with all the confidence in the world, she said, I, you're not making any sense to me. You want to try again? Then what did I do? You just said, okay. And you went at it again. Yeah. You just kept moving forward and yeah. laughed. And no, because, because I, because I know that about myself. I know that I can communicate fast. Right. I have a lot of things on my head. Yeah. I'm probably thinking about three or thing, different things at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get the information out and then it's important for all of them. And they know that. Right. And they even, they even brief other people that are on, like, if they're the F and G, you know, it's like Rebecca or one of them will be like, listen, Nick talks really fast. Make sure you have a notebook and a pen with you, and then you know, and then ask questions. Ask questions. <laughs> ask questions. If you don't get it, and you probably won't. <laughs> ask questions. Nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. Anyways, but here's the thing: in in, yeah. in our brains, right? It's so clear in our brains, right? That we shortcut. I, I know exactly what I say. We, sh <laughs> we, we shortcut the words because, like, I'm just gonna. Like, this is so clear. Just a few words are getting are gonna get you there, yeah. right? And we don't know. No. no. So. We, they, they, they understand, agree, care, and are going to change their behavior because of what we just, those are the, cause I'm so freaking awesome. Cause I, I'm the leader, <laughs> I'm the leader. Yeah. And, not, and even if I know I'm a broken leader, yeah. I am the communicative leader. I'm, I'm yeah. here. I am. I'm telling you guys, I'm taking the time. So talking about clarity, um, yeah. you know, you, you, like you said, you, you get, you hit a bump in the road, you kind of hit the, and, and I didn't know, but I called you and I remember that, that happening. And yeah. I said, you know, what's going on? You told me. I'm like, oh, man, I was not prepared. Yeah. Because, you know, I talked to Kirk. Like, oh, everything's amazing. Kirk, life is amazing. I have this beautiful family and yeah. everything is yeah. awesome. No, and I have a great job and everything. And for the first time in our friendship, yeah, you know, you're a big mentor of mine. And yeah. But in the but in the, in the the first time, you were like. Laying in the ditch. You're like, <laughs> Nick, everything is. And these are my words, not Kirk's. Everything's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> everything's fucked. It could not be more fucked right now. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Life just fell apart. <laughs> An egg bomb hit my family. Yeah. And I'm no. like, I wasn't mentally, I wasn't emotionally prepared to hear this yeah. from you. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. Um, and then, we, you know, we dug into it. But we dug into it. Um, but anyways, it seems like, you, uh, it doesn't seem, you've recovered, you guys, you guys, uh, everybody recovered from that. You know, and we all go through hard times. Yeah. We talk about hard times all the time. Like if you haven't gone through hard times, you will, and you'll transcend it. You, you, you told choose. on one of your podcasts, you talked about the, the Rebecca's we can do hard things story. Yeah, you, you I told did. Them, you told yeah, the yeah, yeah. abbreviated version of it. It was, uh, it was almost accurate too. Um, yeah. I think I put that in my book too. I did. It's an It's it. It's an excommunicated warrior. Yeah. We have, we no, we don't, we don't have a copy of that. Yeah. yeah. What's up? Anyway, with you, that, were, you were, you were heading down a path there. I, I derailed you. You Um, it seems like yeah, but it seemed like that was that was a couple of years ago, and obviously you know COVID hit took a hit to your business. Oh yeah, and um, yeah. and um, and 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 maybe a lot of folks, right? Yeah, and anyways, so you are definitely like I feel like you got you're more clear yeah this year or coming oh, yeah. into this year yeah than you ever have been yeah and yeah like you know what you want to do you've got some ideas. Yeah, and that started, so to to Mario's point, Nick kind of um, loves you so much that he says, yeah, I think there's a Band-Aid over something that needs to be cleaned out a little deeper. And uh, and you were a piece, you know, there was a, there was a few contributing factors, right, that yeah. helped me. 
kind of get moving again because I just thought I was I was just stunned. I was like I can't, I never even imagined being in this place. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this was such a good thing for me. You know, you don't ask for it, you don't want it again, but you're like in this place. It challenges your perception. Yeah, it challenges your beliefs, and it also and gets you to grow. It also gives you compassion. Mm-hmm. And empathy, because sometimes if you if you don't find yourself really laying down there with blood and scar tissue, you might not have the empathy for people. You might think the other people, yeah, you need to get yourself up. I don't. You did that to yourself. Yeah. But sometimes life just backs over you yeah. like a freaking truck, and you're like, oh, that was unexpected. And so, so through, I was, I would say, and you're very kind to say that I'm a mentor or whatever. But I, I through our friendship and what friends do for each other, you asked me some questions, gave me some encouragement, and um, and some. It was, it was just, it was love. It was love. It was accountability and love. And, and I got some accountability and love from Viral Workman and, um, and, uh, you know, kicking the pants from my wife and, and, and then you just get humble and you just say, you know, I, you know, you got to get up. So I set some BHAGs, some big, hairy, yeah. audacious goals. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I started working on those. I watched a, a podcast and this is something I'm doing a lot in my work right now. I'm saying to people, cause there's so many, there's so much cynicism arriving today. Mm-hmm. People don't want to, they're not cynical, but they show up with it and they're like, ah, and as soon as they start to feel a little hope, they shut it down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm reminding people, you have to allow yourself to be inspired. Yeah. This is not a raw, raw motivational thing, but allow yourself to be inspired. And so I was saying, I'm going to allow myself to be inspired. And I watched Emily Blunt in a Ted talk about practice. And she talked about doing pushups. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these little pieces came together. And so last year I set five B hacks, five big, hairy, audacious goal goals to, to hike the John Muir trail to earn, 12 miles or whatever to do 52,000 pushups, a thousand pushups a week to get this device done for this door keynote idea mm-hmm. that I've told you about and to get two books done. Those are my five big goals. I thought if I get these five things done this year, these are, these are big things. These are hard things. And so I started doing my pushups. And at one point I was preparing for the hike, the John Muir trails, 212 miles. I needed to get conditioned for that. Mm-hmm. And I fell really damaged my wrist, put me a couple thousand behind on pushups. I thought that's going to suck. When it starts feeling good, I'm going to have to do more. Um, but at the end of the year, I didn't get five hairy, big, hairy dishes goals done. Yeah. I got three. I got three. But you tell the stories about these guys in the Agogi and what you've seen in them. And they fill me with emotion. Yeah. Because when you start keeping promises to yourself, there's a feeling that comes with that that's just, it's beyond words. Mm-hmm. Because when you start to keep those promises, your confidence and the way you see yourself and, and the shame of like, Oh, how did I find myself in that place? All that drops away because the only thing that matters is keep those commitments you make to yourself. And then, you know, that was the tide raises all the harbors and the the ships Mm -hmm. in the Harbor kind of thing. Yeah. And then you're keeping the promises to your kids and you're better keeping the promises to your spouse and all that just, and so last year was a really important year for me to, right to uh to rebuild some confidence that you that i thought i can't lose that this is who i am but all of a sudden where'd that go (laughs) yeah all of a sudden you're like you're in a rebuild so thanks for asking me about that and and so this year i'm i haven't set all my goals yet i've been thinking about it and some of them that i thought i set they're just not resonating as deeply but the one that i know that i'm going to do this year is the fifty-two thousand push-ups again Mm -hmm. because what i learned from emily blunt who who's in this ted talk we'll put a link We'll put the link. You got a podcast because it's brilliant. She was talking about, <clears throat> she had a goal to do a hundred pushups a day, mm-hmm. but some days she would just hit 80. And she said, I, I, as I thought about that, I thought, well, I didn't hit my hundred. 
and somehow the 80 didn't have any value. She said, that didn't feel right to me. She said, so I stepped back from that. I set a bigger goal. Yeah. I said, if I look at my goal in the context of a year, then I, I can make up those 20 I didn't get to. In other words, don't throw away the 80. The 80 still count. We're not always going to hit it. The idea is that we're in motion and moving towards it. That's the idea. That's where the confidence That's the journey. comes from. And yeah. so I just thought, yeah, I'm not going to worry about whether I do a thousand this week because I broke my wrist. I know I can get those done. So everything still counts. Would I, would I like to not hurt as much by catching up? Sure. But I, everything still counts towards my goal. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so same thing with my five goals. Well, I, I didn't hit five. Well, okay, let's talk about those two you didn't do. We roll those forward into 2024? I think we do. Yeah. What else rolls in there? And I think you're going to help me with two of them. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at is like you, you corporate wise, you're you've crushed it. Like, I don't even have the corporate like connections, you're, and I I don't know if that's true. I think you're just <clears throat> engaged in a very different way. And yeah, in, in, I, right. And that's my that's kind of my point is okay. there's so many people that have so much to gain for, because of what I've gained and what you know my employees have gained and anybody that I've ever brought, brought around you. It's like, can Kirk be my dad? Give me that hug, Kirk. <laughs> bring it in, bring it right. in. <laughs> so I think that there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that, that the ones that get to, the ones that know you yeah, have this in like, can I get more from, is there, is there more that I can get from Kirk? More right, right. inspiration, more right. education, right. more, more right. aha moments. Well, you're nice to say that. And, um, but you don't have any, like you've been asked that, haven't you? And like, you yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have a. Something. Uh, yeah. Podcast, Are a mentorship a, uh, group. Yeah. Yeah. This is an uncomfortable conversation to have with a guy who. Yeah. Who, and right. Who has a pretty amazing platform. <laughs> so, so yeah, but so you don't have that. Kirk, think, in 2024, can we can we create that? Can we create a podcast? Can we create a mentorship group? Can we can we can you do something to where you give something to offer? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't I done it? The ex, you want the big hairy excuse? Yeah, <laughs> I I look at what I wish we could take this camera and pan to this room that you've created. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, I think to do a podcast. There's this studio. There's a Mario. There's like, there's the guy behind the right. There's the guy behind the. There's the guy. All behind. of this is unnecessary. In my mind, though, in my yeah. mind, not that you're unnecessary, Mario. No, but in, oh, here in, we go. In my, mind, <laughs> in my mind, there's cameras and there's lights and there's yeah, but details. not to start. Yeah, yeah. So the things that I'm good at, right? Play to mm-hmm. your strengths. The things that I'm good at are telling stories and and taking concepts and helping them move past the head into the heart of people. Right. So I just said I, this. I so I got bogged down. What I didn't do was I didn't ask for the help that I needed. So. Part of my commitment, and you've heard this, is stop trying to figure stuff out, Kirk. There's people who have already figured it out. Just hire them. I go, yeah, but I kind of like managing one and dealing with my family. Yeah, but Kirk, right? How many people have been asking? I go, well, so the answer is yes. I don't know what it looks like, but the answer is, yeah, I... I could discipline myself and sit down. I think, you know, this, this follow-up accelerator committing to six weeks of a regular podcast. That's a pretty big thing. Yeah, you had to sit down and actually pick six yeah, solid so I had dates. To go pick six. I just, when someone calls and says, Kirk, can you come on this date? Then I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that date's open. I can come. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I flipped my life yeah. for 20 years. But no, I, I need to shake it up and you're right. So yeah, good. Yeah. I've had it. I've had an inkling to do it, but it's just that getting in motion and not, not knowing what that first step is. I mean, not only that, but like, you gotta think how many people, you know, from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. right. You have this beautiful ecosystem of people mm-hmm. that you go, you go meet with and, and, 
and these teams and everything. And and just the ones that you and I have worked together. And we've got another one that we're finally getting to do together in Up in, May, Se- in Seattle? With- in uh, Oregon. 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 Close enough. Close enough. Same area. Same liberal area. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> um, so I d- differ opinion personally, but nonetheless, <laughs> it's my podcast. Well, I say whatever it, I want. I guess if you have listeners up there. They're they're probably more politically aligned. So what is that? I would I would yeah, think so. Yeah. Um, you don't stick around this long. Those four people don't, or those five people don't stick around this There's long. There's one hater up there going, yeah. I'm going to just pick apart everything. <laughs> yeah. That hater taking notes. And living rent free in your head. Uh, um, go ahead. Anyways. Yeah, we've done some programs together. So I, I have seen it myself that they were, they want kind of this more, uh, more ongoing relationship with you post, post their training. Right. And I think okay. that, I think that you could have a loft offer. So I think, you know, a podcast and the reality is Kirk, my first podcast was a phone call. I just recorded a phone call. Really? That was it. You just... I just put earbuds, or I don't even think I had earbuds. I think it was like the cord. Do you still have it? Is it in your archive? Yeah, it's in. It's on there. It's loaded on there. Do so you have a an iPhone podcast? I have an iPhone podcast. So you're saying there's no... I think it was with uh, one of them. I know for a fact, uh, one of them was with uh, Vince Vargas. So we had a... I met Vince. Yeah. One so, of your Raider project. Events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A Ranger. Um, he just came out with another book. And then there was another one... Um, Dr. Kirk probably was a seal. Just phone calls, thirty minute, thirty so minutes. Just called these people up and just, and said, just recorded the thing and just launched it. Yeah. In in one sense, in one sense, I'd love this idea because you know um, I'm just a little conversations. Bit, I'm a little bit yeah. older than you, but I just I feel like sometimes I feel like I know the coolest people. I feel so lucky, so freaking blessed. I'm right. Like, like, how come these people talk to me? Right. The, kind of that imposter syndrome. Like, why do these people like me? Because because yeah. I know how I am. I right. I know how broken I am. But there's a really like Verl. I mean, just think about the people that we know. Yeah, and just to be able to un, to unpack them a little bit and to say, share a few of your things you've acquired with, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it'd be a kick in the pants. No, I, I, no, I, I fantasize about doing a podcast, but then I, then I just, then I see microphones and cameras, and I go, man. Then I just we just talked about that. It was hesitation. Yeah. Why do people hesitate? Hesitate. Yeah. Yep. Fear of failure. So can you help me with my yeah. hesitation? Yeah. You just want to do it right now. Do what? Do a podcast right now? Yeah, you just want to do a podcast? Podcast right now. Hold on a second. I want to do a podcast right now. Do the first, we do the first Kirk first Weiser. Ever Kirk Weiser mm-hmm. podcast. Well, the, what I want to do, I told you this this year, I want to establish, I've been working on this project called the Initiative Institute. This whole institute, yes. where the whole purpose of the institute is to, so this could be the first podcast of the Initiative Institute. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Cool. Um, you Right now. Right now. Would Would you... Would you be my guest? Would you be my first guest on my first podcast for the Initiative Institute? I'd be honored. Okay. Do okay. Do we change chairs or anything, or do we? You guys should switch. We should. We should switch, Mario. Do it. Okay. All right, it. we're switching. Okay. Just, just watch all the stuff. Don't trip on anything. I'll trip over. Here. <laughs> we're doing it live. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. This is weird. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, not to not to toot his horn, but he looks better in that seat than you do. Oh dang! Wait, say that a little bit louder. I'll make sure that the oh, mic picked that up. I think they heard that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but he he looks better. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, my chair is more comfortable. Oh, for sure, 100. Yeah. Dang. Okay, this is Kirk Weasler coming to you uh, live from the Initiative Institute, uh, where we seek to inspire initiative in the world around us. We're not a think tank. We're an action tank. We want to inspire you to think and act differently. 
So when you see something, don't just say something. When you see something, do something. And it's my privilege today to have in the studio, Nick Kumalatsos. Now, Nick is here to inspire us, and he's going to inspire us by answering some questions we're going to ask him directly about the initiative he's taken in his life. Let me give you a little background on this man. So when I met Nick, he was working with a group called the Raiders, the Raider Project, something he started, an initiative he started to help uh, Marine Raiders and Special Operations soldiers transition from warrior life back into civilian life. But as I came to know Nick, I realized that he ran many businesses, had many, many irons in the fire. And over the course of almost the last decade, I've learned even more about this man. He's our first guest on the Initiative Institute's very first podcast. Welcome into the studio, Nick Kumalatsos. Nick, thanks for being with us. Holy cow. That was an intro right there. Dude, That I need to take. Can, did you record that? Because I need to like <laughs> copy that. 100%. You've been working on this for a while because that was a great intro. And I was, I've been thinking about it, but I... I've been thinking about it, but no, I just, no, it probably needs a lot. No, that, I think that we're that just going to, I think we're going to cut that audio and that's going <laughs> to, <laughs> welcome to, you just created your podcast, Kirk. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, well, thanks for having me on. It must be the chair. It must be the, yeah. wait, that's yeah, the chair. Yeah, it is the Batman chair. Yeah, the yeah. Batman chair. Well, thanks for having me on. Hey, Nick, listen, yeah. um, the whole purpose uh, of the Initiative Institute is to inspire initiative, okay. right? I think we all, the whole world sees things that need to be done, right? But, and there's a lot of people that kind of bitch and moan and talk about, well, this isn't done and this is broken, and this is wrong and this is that, right? Yeah. And then there's those few people that see something and they immediately see an opportunity or they immediately take action. Yeah. And in my view, in my experience with you over this last decade, you're one of those people. And so this seems like the best opportunity to kind of kick off the Initiative Institute uh, with you. And I just want to dial in. And there's a lot of story and, and maybe we'll unpack some of that. But let's start with my first experience with you. Okay. So I know there's a lot of businesses that you've started, a lot of things you're engaged in, but let's start with the Raider Project. I met you at a ranch and you had a bunch of wounded warriors out there, yeah. ex-Raiders, special operations guys, and, and you had started this Raider Project to help them. So tell us about what you saw, what was the opportunity, what was the need that you saw, and then, and then I want to just talk to you about why did you act? Because I'm guessing whatever problem you describe didn't just pop up yesterday. No. So tell us about the problem. What so, did you see? Uh, man, you're taking me way back. Well, I got out of the, I got out of the military in 2012. And then um, I was going through my own transition out of the military, and uh, which was a rocky one, which I wrote a book about called The Excommunicated Warrior. The Seven Stages of Transition. Mark, can you grab that book? Yeah. Because my listeners have not seen this book. <laughs> so we... You know, these guys were, um, I got out and then a lot of the guys that were on my teams or friends in the unit started to kind of trail getting out okay. around that anywhere from 10 to 13. How many years were you in? 12. How many tours, active tours? Um, seven. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I okay. mean, not all in combat. I did some no, well, things all over the place, but yeah, I was yeah. gone a lot. Out of the entire 12 years I was in, I was gone for six. All right. I was gone for six years. Um, a handsome devil, devil right there. My wife, listen, took, my wife took both those photos. Listen, I, when I saw this picture, I, it was a man crush moment. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know who he is, but I want him, I want him to like me. <laughs> so, uh, these guys started, these guys started reaching out to me and like, and I'd done very well in the, uh, the contracting world. I got out, got a job, you know, a high six figure job and was doing well for myself. And um, this is before the nonprofit. This is so. Before, this was before Raider Project. Before the Raider Project. So you yeah. got out, and your transition was 
I mean, on a on a professional basis, good. Okay. On a personal, emotional. Okay, so as far as as far as finding a job and something to do with your skills, or you did that happened. But there's a there's other aspects of our lives. It was I was a I was a nightmare. In so, what ways? Um, and be as raw as you want to be. Health. Uh, my health started to decline mentally. I, st- I kind of just kind of started to have some issues um, cognitively. Um, so, like some TBI stuff started to catch up. Okay. Spiritually was. Okay, wait. Just, so this yeah. is not a military audience. So TBI. Uh, traumatic brain injury. Okay, so just the, the, the concussions of the different yeah, things. Yeah, over so, the years and things so, like that. Yeah. So, so the, the, just hard to concentrate, hard to stay focused. Yeah. yeah, hormones were in the tank. Didn't realize that testosterone, my testosterone level was like a, it was like a 97 or something like that. And that's like because that. you special operations guys, the adrenaline gets well, so... there's a lot of different reasons. Yeah, your but, your endocrine system gets kind of, gets it, with with any sort of concussion, it, it interrupts the pituitary gland to where you're not sending the signals to your gonads to create testosterone. And this is this is very common yes. for a lot of soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so what happens is they they just issue them SSRIs, you know, and psycho psych drugs and things like that that are going to make you feel even worse. Even worse. So it compounds yeah. the issue. That's why there's I, one of the reasons why I believe there's so many suicides and things, et cetera. So um, as I'm navigating all of this myself and going through this, guys were hitting me up and going, hey, you seem like you're doing really well. Seem. Because you had the professional piece in yes. place. I'm getting paid. Right. And I'm, and I'm you've not got a, in. You got a you good job. I mean? yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So they started reaching out to me and I said, well, you know what I'll do is let's just get together and I'll go introduce you to everybody that I know. All the VPs and the, you know, the presidents and CEOs of these companies that I've, I've exchanged with. Okay. And then my thought was at the time, this is how naive I was. Hey, if I can get a job, a guy, a job making six figures out of the military, life's rosy, right? Right. That's all you need. You just need to get paid. Yeah. As long as you're getting paid, everything's great. Right. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's where you were at. That's where I was at. And um, you hadn't been totally honest with yourself yet about where you were at. Right. Okay. Right. All this goes to this greater need of the Raider project. Keep, yeah, yeah. keep going. So I anyways, love this story. So moving down the road, you know, we start doing this and I start taking the people, to these different conferences and we're just pulling our money. It's like, Hey, I'm going to rent an Airbnb. I've got a little bit of money there. We're going to split what kind, the air. What kind of conferences are you going to? We went to shot show because all the contractors were there and all the companies were so there. These are, and these are places you were going to network to. Yeah, exactly. To make sure you still yeah, had a job. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, so I, uh, I'm like, well, we'll just pull our money together and, you know, I'll rent, I'll, I'll front everything and we'll split it, you know, four ways or five ways or how many people are there and right. pay what you can pay. You know what I mean? If you can pay 200 bucks, pay 200 bucks, help offset the cost. So I'm doing this for a while and, um, I meet, uh, I meet Carl, I meet Carl Munger. Carl Munger. Yeah. And, and I meet Carl Munger and he's like, you know, what you're doing is veteran service work. And I'm like, what's that? You know, like you're helping out my butts. Yeah. You're doing VSO work without, I'm just helping. I'm just helping out my dudes. Right. Right. He's like, you really need to get some infrastructure under your, under your feet and, and scale this so that you can help more veterans. And I was like, I like that idea. He's with a gallant. Gallant few. Gallant few. Executive director of gallant few. So he's encouraging you to build something like he, but with a gallant few. So he, what he did was he gave me the opportunity to, build that role, the Raider project under, under gallant few and, and him kind of mentor me. And I didn't know what I was doing. You know, right. you I mean? were just, I just want to help dudes. Okay. And then Josh got involved, you, you know, my business Josh, partner yeah. with the Agogi and former teammate. And, uh, and we just really collabed on, you know, and he was going through his own transition as well. We were, we were a mess, man. We were an absolute mess, but we wanted, we were passionate about helping people. And what right. we started to realize was this, and, and through our own transition was that, 
and this really just gave birth to the yagogi as well is is just because they had a job doesn't mean they were whole yeah and they were like they were self-sabotaging and we'd get a guy we'd network and get a guy a job and and actually i know i get a phone call and be like he didn't show up to work or he went and got drunk and got a dui and like now he's getting divorced he lost his job etc 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 and they were a mess they were a mess and we're like what the what the what the heck man you just you're making me look bad and you yeah, look bad. Yeah, man. Like, what is going on, dude? Like, why are you doing this stuff? Why, you know, at least why are you getting caught doing it? <laughs> right. And um, so, long story short, we realized that we really needed to work on the human being. It had nothing to do with the job. If the human being was was whole, if we can make the man, the the interpersonal value right. increase, right, then his enterprise value would take care of itself. This wow. is kind of what we'll talk about at the Entrepreneur Accelerator. Okay. So we started doing this kind of like, we went hippie mode. We're like, okay, screw the job. Like right. there's plenty of organizations out there finding guys jobs. Right. And we found out that once guys, once guys healthy and whole, the job just kind of happened naturally. The okay. six figure job just kind of came. But what about this identity piece? What about this hormone piece? What about this perspective piece? What about this growth piece? So we got, I mean, that's how we met you. We're like, let's get into some, we got to, let's get into some meditation and some yoga and some, and some traumatic, you know, so, some so unconventional there's still, there's, brain. St there's still no real, there's, have you formed the Raider Project Yeah, yet? at this point with Josh and Carl, we formed the Raider Project. The Raider and Project. now we're, now we're like, okay, let's We've got raise a, money. We have a little bit of an infrastructure. Yeah, and that's how we started doing the retreats and the climbing retreats and the, but the Josh and I, we thought this. We 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 saw this as a as an issue because these people would go on these hunting trips or these retreats, and there was no work being done. It was like a fun weekend. Yeah, it's like I just want to give these veterans a good weekend, you know, and make them happy. Right. But the problem with that is you took them away from their family, from their work. You put them back into an environment with all of their veteran friends. Right. And they immediately felt at home because they can say the jokes, they can be themselves, they can let their guard down, and it's completely acceptable. And they're like, "Yeah, this is what I want. This is where." So maybe, this is how maybe I, even more, yeah, harm than good. Well, and here's the here's the more harm than good is they had this great weekend hunting or doing whatever they were and doing, but then they go back to the to the same problems, and they're like, "Wait a minute, man." I was just feeling when I'm with the when I'm with the dudes and I'm doing this, I'm feeling really good. And when I get around my wife and my kids and my coworkers, feeling all this pressure, it's just it's just garbage. Everybody sucks, so, so they suck, right? I'm okay. My must wife be, and must, kids must be them, and my coworkers yeah. suck, right? It's not me. So you and Josh saw that as well. So we saw that as we saw this that these things weren't like listen. And no, I get it. There's. You know, no offense to anybody that's trying to like take care of veterans and no. like do these sort of trips. At, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and I understand why they're doing it. They've got a heart for no, it. They got a heart for it. They're just trying to provide value and to, and to serve their community and the and the veteran network. But just like just like it, just like the need isn't just the job. Right. It's bigger than the job. The need is also bigger than the retreat. Exactly. And just so Josh and I were like, okay, we can do that. We'll go do a retreat, but listen, motherfuckers are going to work, you know. Right and now we're on the, the the we're on a different podcast, so I guess I got to watch my language now. So um, you have the to, initiative is too. There's your, no your edit. No, your you, editor, you're yeah, to, your editor is going to bleep ever all, yeah. bleep my words. So just talk to us. Tell us the story. But the thing is, is we were like, we're let's let's 
let's do a retreat, but let's do it a working retreat. So that when, let's change some perspectives and give you some tools so that when you do go back to your wife and kids and your coworkers on Monday, you have tools to solve the problems that you're facing. And that's what we did. And, it, you know, it wasn't, we didn't, you know, win every time. Right. You know what I mean? Well, but you're just, you just built this from the ground up. We just, we just figured you it out. You got a little bit of coaching from Carl on how to do a nonprofit, yeah. but after that, you're like, and he was mentoring me and you were mentoring me on my own right. transition. And, and like, I, I was my first Ray Wall retreat. I was stressed. Remember you, you were yeah. like, I was trying to like na manage everything and navigate. And you told me, I'll never forget. You told me you're like, Hey Nick, if, if you and I, Go walk up this mountain. That was a beautiful hike, wasn't that? Was that a nice beautiful hike. hike up that mountain over nice the overlook? Hike, yeah. yeah. Um, is the world going to stop spinning? And I, I think I gave some smart ass answer. Like, well, obviously not. Well, I remember because all the Kirk. guys were out. They were doing their yoga, horses, yeah. fishing, shooting guns, and you're in there on your laptop. I'm working. What, what are we doing tonight? Get to it. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. This guy's not. This guy's. Yeah, this guy needs to go for a walk. And yeah. I wanted, I, yeah, I was, I felt drawn to you. So, okay. So, so anyway, you took me on that walk and okay. oh, you said, you were like, was the world going to stop turning? And I was like, okay, you know, obviously not Kirk, you know, the world's going to keep turning if I stop working. Um, you're like, well, let's just go. Let's go, for a walk. let's go for a walk. And you just, I think you listened to me bitch for about an hour. I don't think you said two words. I don't, I don't remember that. I just remember a great, a great walk. It was a great top. walk. Yeah. All right. So I want to bring this back to initiative. So you saw this need. Mm-hmm you began to kind of take a closer look at yourself and say, what do I really need? What's really happening yeah. in here? You wrote this book. You really tried to break it down so that you could give these eight, is it eight principles? Seven. Seven principles to other people going through transition. I remember you telling me, yeah, the, the Marine Corps makes really great warriors, but they don't make great civilians. Nor is they, it the responsibility to do so. Nor is it the responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you said, but these guys need help. Mm -hmm. And what's currently there isn't, helpful and that's not enough it, yeah so i'm gonna do what i can at one point um i think you were running seven separate businesses yes and and you explained to me that most of these were to help fund the raider project because you hadn't figured out how to get all the funding yeah. down there so you really believed in this yeah so h1 <laughs> you really each one of my businesses you know you can do business corporate donations so obviously our cpa was like yeah, if you write this off, it's a deduction. Right. So I was like, okay. So I got with every one of my business partners and I was making sure that you're clear. I'm like, is, you're okay by doing this. And we just cut monthly donation checks to the Raider Project. And you probably maxed them out, I bet. Yeah. Because well, I tried. I think it was like 6,000 or something. You need to be 6,000 a year or something like that to make okay. it to make it work. So we did I've been it. on a couple of these with you. Yeah. Right? You, uh, the one we took up in the mountains where it just rained cats and dogs. <laughs> we got water. Yeah. <laughs> is, your, is your tent full of water? <laughs> it's a great trip, though. <laughs> is your tent full of water? Yeah, mine too. Okay. Yeah, when you're when you're literally, your <laughs> thermorest is like you're floating. <laughs> you're floating in, in your own tent. <laughs> It was a great trip. Oh, it was a it was a great trip. Yeah. Okay, so 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 you just but again, our point is here's this thing. These guys are struggling. You yeah. saw some of your community; they were gaining weight, they were getting on alcohol, yeah. they were getting on drugs, and like these were these were the these were some high operators. Yeah, these were some of the best. Yeah, these guys would go behind lines and do hard missions yeah, yeah. that most of the world wouldn't do. Yeah, but they don't know how to they don't know how to take all those skills and training. And become great fathers, husbands, yeah, and, and, and to be real, like I didn't, I didn't have it either. Like I was still a mess too. So what I was doing was I was seeking out people that really had it. I and I was facilitating. I was using myself as a guinea pig, going right. through different therapies and training and different that, 
And and honestly, I didn't even think that I needed it to be to be honest. Sure, because I was just doing it to make sure that it was legit, so that my guys could, you know, I'm not going to give something to my guys that I haven't tried. That I haven't tried. And I went through it, and I was like, oh man, this is like. And they're like calling me out. They're like, Nick, you're really jacked up. You, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. You take some notes here, bro. You take some notes here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that facilitated my own growth, and that's facilitated my own healing, and it, it facilitated my transition even faster. Because I kind of use myself as a guinea pig, and um, and and yeah, like for one, since the brain clinic that I went to, ever tell you about that? No, tell us the brain clinic. So I went to the brain clinic, and um, well, I I met this doctor at uh, at a SOCOM Care Coalition thing with Carl. Okay, and I was like, dude, this is amazing! Like, this is an amazing thing that they have going on for vets, um, the Brain Institute thing. And uh, anyways, so. I filled this thing out to get more information and it had a bunch of questions. Like he gave me this thing and I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm going to fill this out. And it had a bunch of like a questionnaire about myself, right. but I was just inquiring. I was doing it to inquire how this worked, how this works. So I could tell my guys. So that I could sell my guys. They called me and they were like, Hey Nick, can you get here? Um, can you get here on Monday? We have a course that we want to put you through. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't think you Guys, sorry. This is for, it's a misunderstanding. I'm good. I'm good. I was thinking, and they're like, so so they started asking me a series of questions, and they're like, yeah, we'd really like you to come in on Monday for a two week inpatient brain clinic treatment. Um. Anyways, so uh, did you and, go? Yeah, I went, and I and? was super super jacked up. I didn't even know how jacked up I was until afterwards. Because I hadn't slept, so this was 2014. I hadn't slept. I haven't. I hadn't slept since 2011. <laughs> uh, was tw- uh, 2009. Yeah, I hadn't slept really like a real good sleep since 2009, and um, that jacks your brain. Uh, yeah, and then, so in 2014, um, when I went to the brain clinic, while I was there, it was the first time I had ever slept eight hours since 2009. That was a wake up, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, anyways, your so, body, your body was probably like, whoa, cool. Yep. Okay, so. I want to explore more of the, your personal stories, but I, I want to also keep us focused on initiative. So let's talk about, so, so there was this need, you didn't fully understand it, but you still knew there's something needed to be done and you started doing it. Yeah. That's initiative. We see something that needs to be done mm-hmm. and we take action. Mm-hmm. We do it without being asked. We go, well, I can do something. And so you started doing it. And then along the way, we get better at doing it. We learn more about what we're doing and how to do it better. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So you also run a very successful program called the Agogi. Yeah. Am I saying it right? The Agogi. Agogi. Now, the first time I heard that, I was watching... 300. 300, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the Spartans, this is how they abused each other, yeah. right? This is how they got tough and got hard and and um, and began their, their journey. Yeah. So what was the need that you saw? And how did the Agogi, how did the initiative of the Agogi, because there was no Agogi before you started it. Right. So what was the need that you saw that you believe the Agogi initiative would solve? So because of what I was doing, and and like you said, the more I poured into myself, the more that I leaned into growth and really became a master of some of these concepts. Right. Other men, I would talk about them on social media. Like the podcast started, like we, you know, obviously all the businesses need marketing. So I just talked about these concepts publicly. Men started reaching out to me and, um, doing the same thing, wanting the same thing. I got myself fit. You remember that? Yeah. Like I went through that whole transition, yep. got in incredible shape, kind of re in touch with my kind of warrior roots, if you will. Yeah. You know, who I was in the military. Right. And I kind of had to say this thing as like, you know, 
so in the military, you know, you guys are all these warriors and these badasses, and you'll never let the enemy get you. And then all of a sudden, civilian life is your, is your kryptonite. That's what that's what crushes you. Right? You can't just can't hack civilian life. Yeah. Like I, I'm not buying it, man. So I kind of took the same concept of the, of how we defeated the enemy, how we win, the our warrior culture, um, the never quit kind of attitude, and and I just brought that into myself. And I got fit, and then because I got fit, uh, guys started asking me like, "What? What are you doing? What are you doing?" And I said, "You know what? I'm gonna run this. Uh, I'm gonna run this challenge, this like three month challenge." And I, I brought on some people, and uh, so the the vision was just three month challenge. The vision was like, "I'm gonna create a long program for the no, next no, 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 no business, no anything no, like no, that. No, no, just no, like, no, I'm just gonna create a challenge. People are asking me. Yeah, people are asking. There's me. a need. Yep. Okay. And uh, I just paid attention to that. And I always believed, you know, in business, I was like, you know, your customers will tell you what the product needs to be. Yeah. They will. If they're asking for you, right. they will tell you what the product needs to be. And if you get enough repeat ask, it's like, there it is. Yeah. Knock, knock. You know, it's something like I was telling you earlier in the other podcast. Yeah. You know I mean? Which is why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, it's starting to come home a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is so, anyway, is this part of your, your evil plan? <laughs> He's so, driving this home. Um, Okay. So we created the thing called Surviving the Cut, and it was a three-month thing. And ironically enough, uh, one of our coaches was in that Surviving the Cut. That's where they started, and they're still with the Agogi today. And uh, well, they went through as a client for years, right. and then and then they got to a point where we just we actually brought him on as our first coach outside of Josh and I. And um, so we did the Surviving the Cut. It was like really rudimentary, really raw. Right. You know, really fit, just really fitness and macronutrient based. Right. We did a, we did a second one. I think we might have even done a third one. And then we, the next year and we, we skip quarters. We do like one a quarter then we skip a quarter and do another one. Right. Right. You know, and, um, and we March of 2020. Okay. Okay. We said, you know what? This is going so well let's 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 do this for real so we just we launched a online fitness and nutrition company josh and i called the agogi and the reason why we called it the agogi was we just felt we looked at the and this is before the whole kufid nonsense started happening right okay. but we looked at the state of men across the board and we were like something has to change yeah. we need to take men put them back into an environment of learning and growth and and making men men again. Yeah. You know, this obesity rate, the heart disease rate, all this stuff. All this stuff. It's just crazy. And it's all, you know, 100% systematically planned to demasculate men, to pacify them, to get them fat, sick, and dependent, right? And we saw this. And uh, so we started this online thing, and uh, obviously, COOF had happened. And so online training kind of blew up. We're like, Phew. So we had all this opportunity because the gyms got shut down. My gym got shut down. The rate got raided, et cetera. And at the same time, you know, ironically enough, we started the Agogi online's platform. And uh, But guys were not really hitting their metrics. They weren't getting their workouts in. They weren't hitting their macros. They had a ton of excuses. And Josh and I looked at each other and we're like, it's the same freaking problem. It's the, 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 they didn't have a fitness and nutrition problem. They had a problem with the space between their ears. So it's like, we have to attack this. If we want to, this to be successful, we got to fix the root cause, which is their mindset, yeah. their perception. 
And, uh, and it was the same thing. You've grown men going, my wife sucks. My kids suck. They're always nagging me. It's like, no, dude, you suck. You haven't kept your promises. You're lazy. You don't help. You know what I mean? You're not serving your family. You're just taking. And uh, he's like, but I provide the paycheck. And I was like, guess what? They don't really, they don't, it's, they don't really care about that. They just want dad to be on the nest with the wings over, protecting them yeah. and be there. Yeah. And to be integrated yeah. with the family. Yeah. Don't be a poolside dad. Get in the yeah. water. Get in exactly. the water, dude. Get in the water. Yeah. And uh, so we realized that. And so we created, we started doing the mentorship program side where we started bringing in the agogi and doing Zoom calls and meeting. And I started teaching on the concepts that I talk about on social media, but in a more um, calculated, direct manner right. and an engagement, right? Like, so you just said, we've got to, we've got to have an education. We have to have, we have a, to have an education piece. We got we to change. We got to change their perspective. Yeah. We got to give them clarity. We got to create vision. And when, when that happened, that's when, that's when the game changed. That was when the game changed. So your first agogi, how many people for your first 90 day challenge? Oh man, I don't know. 50. Okay. And second one, about the same? No, it went up to like 100, and okay. then it was like 200. And and, yeah. and then if you would say now, include, including, well, maybe let's, say, let's exclude. When you went to this new model, how many men have you had it in your program? Oh, thousands. Thousands. Yeah, we've, we've changed thousands of lives yeah, at this no, point. So today, you and I it's were talking about- It's not enough. Obviously, it's not enough. No, it's not a drop in the bucket. Today, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I want our viewers to know where to go, so- Today you were showing me some clips. They were on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So if I go to Instagram, what do I type in to find? You can do mine or the Agogi. Okay, yeah. so Nick Kumalatsos or just the, the Agogi. The Agogi. The Agogi. A G O G E mm -hmm. on Instagram, and just watch these videos of these men that, and they're just right there. They're, it's not some big before after hero thing. It's these men talking about how yeah. their mind changed and their bodies changed and their relationships changed, mm -hmm. and they're telling their stories and. I found myself really drawn in. I so I just go there and check these out. They're they're very worthwhile. So you, mm -hmm. as you were showing me these, you were you were like a proud father, <laughs> yeah. right? You were like a proud father because you're like Kirk. I know this guy. This guy was two four. This guy lost forty pounds. This guy lost yeah. hundred pounds. Yeah. This guy in three years did this. But then you didn't say. But it wasn't about the weight. You said. This guy's running three businesses right now. This mm -hmm. guy's business has quadrupled, and you were you were directly linking the uh, gogi, which you an outsider would say this is a physical fitness program, to their life was enhanced. Yeah, read this. Read. I just got this text before. Okay. I just got this text before. Read it. Read it. And this it. is this is starting out with. No, I want you to read it. Oh, okay. This is starting. This is. I got this text right before the podcast. Okay, so this is Nick. My net income to myself was over 700K before I take my car, et cetera. That's more than double. Who the hell am I? And that's from Charlie. Yeah. Wow, that's more than double. And yeah. So, but this. So that, and, and that's like, but over 100 pounds lost. That's an echo of yeah. every story you told me today. Yeah. And, and that was just a tall, small fraction yeah. of this thousands of people that you've helped with this agogi so there was because that goes back to what i was saying before with anything it's a human being condition it's a human being problem when you fix yourself when you picture when you fix your internal value okay your enterprise value naturally goes up you know wow. and we talk you know nick long talks a lot about the business you know and he's, he's one of the guys that we we work with but he he uh he talks a lot about the business 
man mm-hmm. versus the business plan. Like the business Ooh. man has to be like a full up round. He has to you, be Wait, you said something earlier. The business plan, as good as it is. It ain't shit without the business man. man. So the business man needs to get his shit together. And so, then he'll figure out the business plan and, and they'll be successful. So regardless. this Agogi thing is not a body. It's a life transformation. It's, it's a whole It's life a vehicle thing. for it's a, a life. It's a tribe. A fundamental. We've created a cult. Yeah. <laughs> really, we really have. But it's, it's, it's transformational. Transformational. It's not yeah. transactional. It's, yeah. It helps people change. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, so I want to I want to get one more straight. So we could talk about the gym that you bought, mm-hmm. the shipping company that you bought and ran. We could talk about coffee company, the coffee, yeah, the cut. Co- we could talk about the coffee company. Hold on, let me think, see what I remember. You did per you did personal security, like really wealthy people hire you to go travel with them. Yeah. I think that's a great gig. Yeah, uh, I guess if you have to protect them, maybe not. But um, you did um, you do personal coaching, mm-hmm. very high end, mm-hmm. like lots and lots, like. People pay tens of thousands of dollars in multiples to have you as a personal coach for a year. Well, if they want to get rich, if they want to get, if they want to, <laughs> oh, we're going to triple your income. I promise. And then, then he delivers. Um, uh, That's what I'm trying to been trying to do with Kirk for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Just Kirk, if you'll actually give people some value, like do a podcast. So well, you're not going to let it go. So um, I'm doing it right now for goodness sake. Um, okay. But, but I'm, I'm here at Johnny Slicks. So Johnny yeah. Slicks, uh, can I share the numbers that you did last year? Yeah. Johnny Slicks uh, did $4 million plus in sales last year. 4.5, over 4.5. You've got a goal this year to triple that. Uh, double. Double that. <coughs> okay, to double we'll be, that. We'll be an eight-figure business this year. Okay. Uh, so to, um, to double that. Um, but that's... N- I'm, this is a very curious story to me because um, nowhere on your path of firearms training and all the different things that you've bought and done along the way, all these initiatives, then all of a sudden there's this hair company, right? This, right? But not only that. We sell soap. <laughs> we, we sell, like, I mean, coffee. I get coffee, like coffee. Warriors need coffee. Warriors right. need guns. War, yeah, right? yeah. I get, yeah. I get secure. I get, I don't get hair products. Yeah. So, but that wasn't your baby. That was some other soldier. That was John's, yeah. But but you saw something and said, "No, there's a bigger opportunity here." Yeah. I didn't even. I didn't. I knew how big it was, but I didn't know how. I didn't realize how big it was going to be. I saw a product. He gave me the product. At the time, it was just him, right? There was one guy. It was just a dude named Johnny. Yeah, just John. Was yeah. wait, wait, is he here today? Is yeah, he, he is in there. Do you think? Can we? I'm gonna get him. Can you? Can. Because if we can get both these guys to tell this story, this would be a good closing uh-huh. story. We're 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 inspiring people to take action today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They've got yeah. ideas. They see a need. Don't just see it. Do it. Do mm-hmm. something. So you saw a need and did something, and it's become something amazing. So I want to explore what you saw, where did it come from, and why you took action instead of just saying, "Well, this sucks." Okay. So he messaged me, and then we'll let let him let the man talk. But okay. He messaged me um, like a million times on Instagram. You know, at the time I was like getting hit up by a lot of companies to do advertising and different things on on. Because you were media. starting to tell your story and people yeah, were like, exactly, yeah, okay. And uh, anyway, so finally he got through, and then I got the product, and I immediately was like, "This is a million dollar product, like a hundred percent." There's, it was mind blowing. This was the beard oil. It was no, it was pomade. It was pomade and one beard oil. Yeah, yeah. It was two pomades. 
Mm-hmm. Palmetto and right. a couple of beer oil. Okay. Palmetto and a beer oil. Yeah. Okay. So and you, two, and you were like two different kinds of palmettes. Yeah. And you were like, well, two fragrances. This, two is, fragrances. this is good. Oh my God. It was amazing. Okay. And I was like, this is literally a million dollar product. What I didn't realize, okay, at the time, this is what I didn't realize. And this is where the, and like what we talked about on the, the, the last podcast, <laughs> you just finished, right? Um, was the effect, the effect to America and creating American jobs and to creating a product that really makes people healthier and, and safe. So that wasn't a part of it at the time. You Initially, were like, that was not the part of it. It was just okay. like, oh my God, this is a, it's a phenomenal product. This is a more superior product than anything on the market. Um, this is the thing. This is this is a million okay. by itself. It's a million dollar product minus okay. you know okay. outsourced to everybody and then just cre- and then sell okay. the product. But I didn't realize the heart of what it was going to turn into. Ah. That's that's what I so, did. And, so, I, and I'll give credit where credit's due. Like John probably saw that f- before I did. He really had a big heart for America and for American manufacturing and American jobs and. Yeah. Okay, there's a theme here that I just want our listeners to be aware of. So it, in every story that we've explored today, there was this need that was seen, there was an action that was taken, but it wasn't comprehensive. It wasn't like anyone even saw the true potential. But as it, as, as we begin to move forward, we begin to see more clearly. Clarity. That, <laughs> and we begin to act more confidently, and then we realize that we're more of that potential. So we're just unleashing this unlimited potential so now, Johnny, let's go to you and hear the story. Because so, you were like this warrior too, right? You mm-hmm. you like I, I don't I don't know how how does a warrior become a shampoo? I don't take <laughs> yeah. us get us get us there. So we talked Marine about to shampoo connoisseur. Can we yeah. we talked about him transitioning out and everything. Yeah. So you you served where in the Marine Corps? I was in the Marine, Marine Corps, Corps. how yep. many years? Four years. Four years. Yep, and okay. that's when. That's when everything happened. So I did a deployment overseas, and I hung out with EOD guys and sniper dudes, and I didn't know though all those guys care so much about their hair. Like, they care a lot about their hair. Okay. And uh, so I, I got in, introduced into that community, and um, I was growing my hair out like John Bastalone, like from the 1940s. I had a nice yeah. pompadour over. Yeah. And um, so I became prideful with my hair as well, and we used to have... like Because hair was the thing there with this group. It was the hair. And special yeah, operations, yeah, special was, hair. Yeah. It was wild, yeah. We took time out of our day to do our hair. It's it one of the things wild. you... Could, yeah. yeah, okay, I love it. So it was, yeah, we had hair competitions. Who had better hair? And it was wild. Um, I love that. However, though... The thing I didn't know at the time is the products we were using to make our hair look good was just absolutely filled with chemicals. And that's what led to, in 2015, um, I was getting ready to start transitioning out of the Marine Corps. And I jumped down off of a loading dock on base. And one of my buddies said, oh, you got your hair thinning. Ha, ha, ha. And I thought he was joking. It wasn't. I, I took it as a joke. But I went home and I looked in the mirror and my hair, I could actually see my scalp through my hair. Um, so I started to panic, um, because all these guys, we take our hair very seriously and right. now I'm never going to win who's got best hair today. Cause right. I'm going bald. Um, I checked my genetics and my hairline's fine. I checked my diet. Everything was fine. I exercised often. I drank a ton of water. It was nothing like that. And then for some reason I, it clicked and I was like, let me just flip it over real quick and see what's in this thing that I'm lathering my scalp in eight times a day. Right. And there was nothing on there that I can read other than water. So I was like, let me look at some of these ingredients, methachlorazine 8. Let me look at that real quick. What is that? Where is it made? And what does it do to my body? Because we all look at the ingredients, but we, yeah. like we're doing something, but we don't have any idea, and yeah. we don't do what you just did, yeah. that Google. extra step. The look, Google. Look, at that, yeah. look at that photo of him. Let me see this thing. 
photo is it? It's the one you're talking. It's the one, Mike. Oh, did. look at look at look at this. A handsome, look like the right. dude, guy from the forties, right? Yeah. The, oh yeah, I have my hair like that. Smoking yeah. a cigar, yeah. and dude, that was yeah. style. Can, can we get this on there? I don't know if we can get this on there. You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Um. Uh, so I looked at the ingredients and I was like, I don't want any of this on me. I don't want anything that's in my household anymore. My shampoos, we were just bathing ourselves in it. And, and again, um, a chemical warfare kind of a thing. Yeah. Wow. And, um, as I was transitioning out of the Marine Corps, I couldn't really find work that well. So um, hair was my passion at the time. I right. was I, I was an armorer, so I worked on guns and then I did my hair. It was wild. It was like a weird. <laughs> that's yeah. not a typical combination probably. <laughs> yeah, no. it was wild. No. Yeah. Um, but I got out, and uh, or I was transitioning out, so I wanted to go to barber school. I thought that was my passion. Hair was my passion, and the only industry with hair is barber barbering. Okay. So I was like, and I had the style. I had the old school style. I wanted to do old school barbering. And uh, while I was in barber school, I found myself not on the cutting floor at all, cutting hair. I found myself reading about chemistry and, and products and, and all this, hair anatomy, scalp anatomy, muscles, all this stuff, um, aromatherapy. And uh, I ended up leaving barber school and just saying to myself, what if I can make a product that doesn't have chemicals and can essentially reverse the effects of what these chemicals are doing to me? My hair was thinning really bad. I, I, I don't want to be a thinning hair barber. Like I don't want to be a guy giving hair advice, yeah. but also balding. That doesn't really work. Yeah, My last haircut was from a bald guy and I didn't know what to think about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm so, sure but what the hell makes you think that you can make shampoo? I just, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it but, at all. But, but it was, I, this it, just began to be in your mind. Yeah. Um, I couldn't afford anything. I was transitioning out of the Marine Corps and they don't give you like a big fat paycheck for leaving them. Yeah. So, um, I, <laughs> money was definitely an issue. Uh, but in my mind, I was like, I can't really afford these like big time hair rejuvenation products that are being sold, right. and all these things that are being sold for hair restor restoration. Um, I couldn't afford them. So I was like, well, it's organic. Essentially, I should just be able to make it myself, right? Like if we flash back 2,000 years. Totally like, makes sense, this right? Is a difference. Organic between, means, yeah, right? yeah. It's just found in nature. Um, I didn't go in my backyard like picking grass and stuff. I went online and I found some beeswax and a bunch of different oils. Um Threw them in a pot, turned the turned the, the oven on the stovetop, and it just like caught fire. Like everything just caught fire. Um, it, 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 I didn't know anything about anything at I all. I think we I, have I, some pictures like somewhere in the what? Of, yeah. Of the so this picture. is your yeah. first. Wow, yeah. I'd never and, heard um, this. And I was like, and okay, his so, wife, hold on. His wife is not there. Yeah, she wasn't. She was. Uh, she worked double shifts at Chuck E. Cheese as a manager. So she's gone. And, He's yeah. burning the kitchen down. Yeah, I'm trying to burn the kitchen up. <laughs> Making um, some hair product. But essentially, yeah. what I wanted was I wanted a product that worked, and I didn't really know where to start other than these are the I gathered all the products I use that were filled with chemicals, and I just literally, if I could pronounce it and like, like I know what it is: beeswax, water, oil. I just wrote it down on a list, and I had a huge list. I just started buying those with whatever I could. Um, we sold a bunch of stuff: garage sales, plasma, all that stuff. Um, to buy these ingredients and I just kept just doing it just kept trying to put them in a pot and you, turn you it on sold and them. plasma blood plasma yeah 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 um you were absolutely committed to this. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to find a, a solution. I wanted to be able to be self-sufficient with the solution uh, with creating a solution that I found a problem. And I know thinning hair is like a pretty big problem right. for people. But yeah. a lot of people don't talk about it. And I was one of those people. I just wanted to solve it on my own. I didn't want to involve anybody. Right. I didn't want to take most people just go to Amazon and order that thing that makes the promise. Yeah. And um that's not really how I want wanted to do it. So I just wanted to find a solution for myself. Um so I ended up just buying all these ingredients. It didn't work out. I kept catching fires everywhere and luckily I rented. I didn't own the house. So you know um it was like a black spot on the ceiling from the burn. Um but 
I ended up shortening the list. I was like, what, what is the point here? Isn't the point simplicity? It should be simple. Let me just do five ingredients. I was doing like 30, 40 ingredients because that's the lists that's, that we're all used to. Yeah. So I thought that's what had to go in there. Um, that's not the case at all. That's the opposite. So I just bought like five or six ingredients, tea tree oil, argan oil, things that you find anywhere and, right. and natural. Um, bought them, put it in a pot. Lo and behold, it didn't catch fire because these are stable ingredients. And uh, finally I poured it out and I had like a terrible looking product and I still have the product in the jar. I don't want to open it. I'm scared it's to open like it. Glue. <laughs> it's like glue. Yeah. Um, but I had a working Thing. Is it the I one on the, on the, uh, yeah, I have it framed. Like yeah. on I my love wall. it. I love yeah, it. Okay. Um, I had a working thing. So I started just putting it in my hair and I could feel like the tingling, the sensations from the tea tree oil and the moisturizing effects from the jojoba oil and all these things. Um, but it just didn't like feel right. It was chunky. It was, it was just gross, you know? Yeah. Um, so I started using these like terrible products that was just like burning up on my, on my stovetop. Um, and then all of a sudden I look in the mirror and my hair is not, I can't see my scalp anymore. And I'm talking like maybe, three, four weeks later, like, like quick. Right. Um, and then I'm like, it started to really work that this is a thing that I could actually be doing for myself. Like I just solved my own problem. That's wild. Cause I, you removed all the bullshit from your body. everything. Yeah. And, and, um, I didn't know it at the time, but I was trying to create something based off of a flaw. I was trying to create a solution based off of the problem. And that's not really where it needs to go. I was trying to make a product that was similar to a flawed product. But if you, if you copy a flawed copy, it's going to be flawed. Yeah. So I just need to ditch that, find the flaws, do the opposite. And I found the solution that way. Um, and it started working for me. And because I was in the barber industry, I went into the barber, you know, I had my, I had a couple of them made and I went in there and I found out like an 80% of these dudes have thinning hair or at least some sort of dry skin, skin irritation that they're <laughs> dealing with. Um, and I talked to the barbers and I was like, Hey, don't you guys want to, your clients to like have faster growing hair and have longer hair over time for a clientele. And, um, they were like, yeah, that makes sense. So I started using it, um, in the barber industry, started giving it to barbers to give to their clients. So their hair would grow faster. Um, it doesn't make sense to put chemicals on your client cause then the client's going to go bald and you're not going to be a necessity for them anymore. Right, right. Um, fi <laughs> finally had a final product. Um, went there, it started working for people uh growing their hair back as well and um and actually like this the fragrance i was really good with fragrance aromatherapy i'm really right. good with smells so that's right. that's a good seller as well a lot of chemicals smell really bad so right. it gets masked with other chemicals <laughs> it's just wild they just stack and stack and stack it um but it came down to i had a problem and i just decided to find a solution for it and it worked for me so that wasn't the what the vision there was an, i'm gonna start a shampoo Shampoo? Absolutely not. No, no, I had no clue. It was just like I'm uh, like I just need to fix this. Yeah. And then, yeah. but other people have this too. Yeah. But your your first thing was I I don't want to cry about this. I don't want to be a oh I'm balding. I yeah. want to do something. Yeah. So yeah. you the initiative was here's the I took the initiative. I'm going to build this. It wasn't easy. Yeah. It wasn't a first time win. No, I googled how to file bankruptcy at 21 or 22 because I. I because you went you went through stuff and yeah, you're selling sold, blood plasma to yeah we sold pay plasma for twice a week Rebecca and I we both don't like I don't know anyone who likes plasma and those needles but um, it's a pretty big gauge needle I have a scar on my arm yeah uh, we donated twice a week uh, we had garage sales every weekend what's crazy it's not even that much money how much are you getting for per donation oh yeah they give you like thirty five dollars right every donation so you but every dollar counts yeah. you're young mm -hmm. you're right yeah. you're trying to get this done Eating ramen noodles i worked at a gas station and uh i worked the midnight shift so nobody was ever there i'd walk the parking lot and pick up change to put gas in my car to go drive someplace you know it was um 
hard. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was long and uh, difficult. So, so initiative isn't easy. It's not. It's not a quick fix. It takes work. We don't see the full vision when we get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, but if we take it, if we take action, action brings about its own results. Right. It begins to. We begin to move closer to doors we didn't see before, yeah. and they begin to open. How did you interface with this guy? How did yeah. you? It was about when I gave up. I was, I was like coming to a point where I was like, I, like, there's no more money. I'm Googling how to file bankruptcy. Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, it's just Rebecca and I down here in North Carolina. Our families are like up in PA. So it's a car got repoed, right? My car got repoed. I had two charged off credit cards. My electric got turned off. My phone got turned off. And it's like, it's, I got nothing else to sell. Like my, I'm tapped. Like <laughs> I got no more blood left. Wow. Um, and it got down to a point where I was like, I think I woke up one morning and I saw a post on Instagram about a guy who had a really big beard. And he was like, just one fifth place in a beard competition. I was like, beard competition. That's a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I instead, yeah. So I was like, I wonder if I can like just reach out to some of these beard comp guys and just give them product and have them take a photo of them, their beard with my products. Maybe I can use that to make a couple sales on Instagram. You know, um, I reached out to first, second, and third place. Luckily, I think it was um, third place. He ended up saying, um, our beards are way too big. Like, you're definitely not in the right realm. Like, you know, it cost me, like, $5 to make a little bottle, and I was selling it for 10 Like, it, I nowhere margin-wise I could sustain these guys. They have massive beers. They would need, like, 50 bottles a week. Um, but third place, he ended up saying, hey, I, I know a guy. He's a Marine as well, and I'm pretty sure he's right down the street from you, so he's pretty well-known. You should just reach out to him. And I was like, cool, show me his name. And it was this guy. And he was like, reach out to Nick Kay. So um, I just reached out to him on Instagram multiple times, and, and um, the third-place winner, he was like, it's going to take a minute to get to him. you got to get through his people, you know? And I was like, oh, man, i got to do more work. What are you talking about? Nah, it was fine. Um, so I reached out to him, and it was like six or seven times. I messaged him, and no reply. Finally, um, he was live on Instagram, and uh, Allie was reading, like, the comments, and I was yeah. like, hey, I'm literally I like. That we were in the truck, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm literally right up the road, man. Like, I don't want to burden you. Let me just drop a box off real yeah. quick. And then uh, finally he was like, yeah, fine, drop it off. So I took like three hours to put together. I think it was like four pomades of the same type. I put them all in a row, like made it really presentable. He did. He, he did. He made that a nice box. Yeah. And with the dividers and everything. Yeah. And put it I went there. to yeah. Staples. This is how this is how I did things. I went to Staples and had them open a, a like a project because they manage projects there. Um, to put my logo, this logo, on a piece of paper that says Johnny Slate's yes, Beard Oil. that's right. I put the fragrance yeah. description, how to use it. Like, I, I created, like, a little guide. Um, and I, I put yeah. it there. I dropped it off. And uh, Rebecca and I, it was our anniversary. It was, actually, it was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, today, six years ago. Um, we were driving down to Wilmington right here. And then on the way there, he's like, yeah. On the way there, he's like, hey, I just got in the office. It was rainy. They were trying to shoot a vlog or, or some video. Uh, we got back to the office. You want to come around? So Rebecca and I... Uh, turned back around and we came up here, got to meet him. And then he asked me the most like cringy question to the day. He said, what's your infrastructure? And like, I, like, I don't know what I'm doing like at all. Like uh, infrastructure. Oh, what the hell is an infrastructure, man? So I said, <laughs> I got a not for structure. <laughs> and he loved it. Um, but it was so embarrassing. I didn't know. Like it's a right room of these guys, these big business guys. And I'm just a guy that makes beard oil and pomade. Like, like I don't know, my hair is just growing back now. It's I don't have an infrastructure. What are you talking about? Man, I I'm work broke. In my I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I sell plasma and I make this stuff in my kitchen in my house that I can't afford. Like this is not. I don't have an infrastructure. That's the opposite of what I got. Um, but then he said, um, "Let me try it out. Let me see. Let me see what it's like." 
he posted a video on Instagram and I, or on, no, YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And um, I got a ton of hits on that. And I was like, this is it. I'm back in business. But then it was like two weeks. It was like, yeah, two weeks later. Yeah. He called He, he called me on, um, I think you texted me on Instagram and said, text me your number or something like that. Yeah. And uh, he called me and he was like, hey, man, we got to sit down and talk. Like, this, this is some good stuff. So we sat down at Chipotle and, um, yeah, we partnered. And he was like, this is a million-dollar product. And I was like, this is a product that just saved my hair. But if you say so, let's go. Because I don't know what – I don't yeah. know sales. I just I, – right. you know? I just – yeah, I just forget the He had no website. He had, no, he had nothing. I bought the URL, though. He yeah. did buy the URL, which I was yeah. super stoked about. Yeah, but I, bought it, no... I bought it from – a, like a guy who bought it from another guy who bought yeah, it from it was like, daddy who bought it from somebody. But it was like, like it was like urlfish.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought it for like $130 too or something. Like I bought it at barber school. I was like, this is available. That's cool. How do I buy this? Yeah, I bought it from like blah, 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 And you had the Instagram name, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it was. It so worked. I had just the beginnings. Yeah. Okay. Sprinkled. So your initiative was just to take care of yourself. Yeah. And then you, then in the creation of that, Right, it wasn't easy. Now you've got this product; it works. Now you're sh now you're like, man, this didn't just work for me. Now you've got other people it's working for, yeah. but you have no market. You have no, so you you needed a partner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, but then you took this another initiative. You could have dropped it by and said, told the sad story, but you said, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna package this thing. I wanna, right? Yeah, I'm gonna sell some blood, give a nice packaging. I did actually do that. I yeah. did actually go to the plasma center to buy to afford the. Because they staples. give it a card. The staples yeah, package. They, 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 give you the, they don't give you cash. They give you like a card. It's like an ATM card. Yeah. So I use that at Staples to buy like really nice craft paper. To How make cool it is to, that? To do the drop off. Yeah, How yeah, cool yeah. is that? Yeah. This is the most amazing story. Okay, so again, the whole purpose of the Initiative Institute is to inspire initiative. It's hard for me to imagine hearing the story and not being inspired. Now, whether you are have thinning hair or whatever it might be, right? There's there's something in our all of our lives that we know we need to do, that we can do, but we've been whining and complaining and blaming someone else for it, right? And we just need to just get up and get going. Yeah. And the promise of that, I think, has been illustrated in all the stories we've shared today on the Shiv Institute podcast, is that once we get moving, things begin to happen, mm -hmm. and that are beyond our current imagining. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That are beyond our current magic. And then it's not miracles because you guys have worked really hard. So this was six years ago because mm -hmm. you remember it was a, the, your anniversary. So are you saying today's your anniversary? Yesterday. Yesterday was. Yesterday? 11 years. Congratulations, congratulations on that. So, so 11 years ago for you and Rebecca, mm -hmm. six years ago for you and Nick. Nick, our, he's my man crush too, but yeah. I mean, we can share him. That's hey, fine. Man. So, so, um, and then, uh, Tell us just quickly, and I, this is not to do with initiative, but I just I think it's a, a neat story. So, in six years, Johnny Slicks went from being something you cooked in the kitchen, mm -hmm. with funded by blood plasma, mm -hmm. to where are you at today, and where do you want to be? Because I understand you guys have a big, hairy, audacious goal for this year. Yeah. So, where you what happened? What happened in twenty twenty three? Johnny Slicks went from zero, one employee partnership to. How many employees, how many in 20, uh, 2020, how many employees did you have in 2020? 2020, we had six, I think. We hired 12 in 2023. Yeah, yeah, 2023 is pretty big. Okay. Um, I think it came down to him and I being such a dualistic couple. Right. Um, he is so, like, headstrong, goal-setted, and just 
do it. Yeah. And I'm like off in fairyland, like thinking about what's next, like what's the next <laughs> vision? What else can I create? You know, right, right. Um, having the pair of these two type of people right. is impossible to break. Like, like it's, it's so it is so crucial for growth. It very right. is crucial. You have so, to have both personalities. So when he, um, because if it was up to me, I'd be in my kitchen creating nonstop. Okay, no, that's but, not sustainable. But I, I just want our listeners to understand. I just, I just want to tell a little bit more of the giant slick story. So you yeah. went from the two of you, yeah, and then in 2020, which is three years ago, really. It's yeah. 2024, but it's still three years ago. So we're yeah. still in January, yeah. 2020, starting 2020. So yeah. this right? is, these are my answers. I'll give you the answers. Go to ahead. Questions. So in every, 2020, where were you in 2020? Uh, six people, eight people. Uh, what, what we had six. We had six. Yeah, we started in 2018 with us. 18. So a couple years later, you had 2020. We were 2020. We we became a seven figure business. Okay. Okay. And we had like you said, it's about six people. I six think. People. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then 2023, you end. Do you have the books for last year? 2023. This how, is what happened. This is what happened in 2023. 2020 was a huge year for us. We we sat down and we, we said we were going to skip COVID. Okay. <laughs> so everything was happening with the gym and and we didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? So John and I sit down and and we just like made the decision that we were just going to skip it. We're not doing COVID. We're just we're gonna... not doing COVID. We're just we had we had a list of expenses and we were like, what could we afford to lose? And then it was like, how about none? <laughs> we just decided that we're just not going to participate. We don't do anything and we just. Do do, do more us of what we're doing yeah. already? Okay, yeah. and uh, so you guys really leaned in. I remember some in. of the videos you created. Yeah, there was a, that, there, was, there some, was a lot of uh, there was a lot of manufacturing issues that he had to navigate. A lot um, of shortages and yeah, because increases. because yeah, thing, bottles and the stuff yes, that you were getting hand yeah. sanitizer. People were buying up all the bottles and selling it and trying to make money off of that. And yeah. so we had to pivot a couple things. But here, really, that was the first. Like, we just decided to skip it, and we we had an intentional, very big year that year. Fantastic. And then we just kind of doubled down on it every year from then. And uh, and as we grew, I as as kind of the you know the integrator for Johnny Slicks, um, I just got very intentional about the growth, the setting the rocks, setting the business, you know, setting the goals, right? Back utilizing what I do in business and what I do with coaching, right? And I just coached ourselves. We just yeah. what do I what do I tell everybody else? Right, right. So we're gonna we're gonna do that that same thing for Johnny Slicks. Um, and then last year, really the biggest, the biggest thing that I don't know if it was, if I was on autopilot, if I was burnt out, I don't really have a great answer for what happened in 2022. Um, and maybe nothing, maybe it was just nothing. Uh, but I didn't feel that we had the growth that we, that, that the company was like, like what I talked about earlier about right. the, the, what really Johnny Slicks is, right? We don't just sell slope. So, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's way bigger than that. And um, and I feel like I did it as a, as a leader, I did it a disservice. So in this room right here, December of 2022, mm -hmm. I said, guys, I apologize as a leader. I just feel like I let you guys down. They didn't agree, but, right. but I felt I, that's what, that was you my, thought, I, yeah, yeah, I could have brought more to the table. I could have brought more to the table, right? I could have been more intentional. I could have, I could have provided more clarity. I could have, you know what I mean? All the things that I, that okay. I expect of myself. Right. And. So we said, I said, this is what we're going to do in 2023. And everybody was like, woo, okay. And they're, they're all on, everybody's like, let's do it. Let's I'm do like, it. and we, they knew that 2023 was going to be a freaking roller coaster of a ride. Mm -hmm. Like they knew that it was going to be. Yeah. Did you guys, Johnny, did you guys hit your goal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We overdid it. Yeah. So we overdid you surpassed it. your goal. But, it, but my, my point to that yeah. is it was not, it was no, there was no guesswork involved. 
Yeah, was, it wasn't just like let's wake up and sell stuff. Yeah, like, it was how much do we it, need to sell next month? It was very everything was very strategic. So so there was no guessing of what we needed to do every day. There was no guessing what the what each employee needed to do, each each team member that needed to do. Like everybody was on. Everybody, everybody had yeah. clarity. Everybody knew what the goal was. We constantly gave updates. They get daily updates. So they like there's no guesswork. It was all so, and we just crushed it. Love it. I and but love and, and think going back to the purpose of what Johnny Six is, it's not just soap, right? We're providing an American dream. Job. We're providing jobs, jobs for families. You we're mentioned. bringing we're, yeah. we're 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 bringing healthy products back to market. Yeah, you know that are made right here in America that are benefiting Americans. Right, right. On multiple levels, like second and third order effect between between our vendors and all the different things. So when we sat down for um, the planning meeting for 2024, we said let's just hammer down. And let's provide more clarity and, 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 you know, and more, and be more intentional about the things. And so, so from last year, last year you said you added 12. So you, so you've doubled the size basically of your staff and company. Yeah, and, and, and to be intentional again, like we, we, we got fat in 2023 because we knew one, we, we keep up with the growth, but then also to, to prep us for what was coming in 2024. Cause you had a lot to do. Yeah, you got a lot to do. yeah we and, saw 58% growth in twenty. Yeah, from fifty-eight percent growth in our fifth year business. In your fifth, year, in, in your fifth yeah. year business, unheard of. And then this year, our goal is one hundred and seventeen percent. I don't understand percentages that well. It's actually, <laughs> I know that's a lot. It just seems. It does seem like a lot. Mario, it seems like a lot. Yeah. It's a, All right, it's a lot. guys. I want to. I want to close it out. I want to, yeah. Johnny. Thanks for stepping in. Of course. I'm just so glad you were here today and a, yeah. able to do that. I know that you both have busy schedules. He he doesn't take. He doesn't mind taking a break from his Excel sheets and the master. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> seeing him. Like I see him. <laughs> he said like, he see. He goes. I see cell I like Excel sheets and numbers. Yeah. So huge, huge thank yous uh, to uh, to Johnny and Johnny Slicks again. JohnnySlicks.com. If you want to go check it out and order some superior products, uh, um, and uh, Nick, thank you. Uh, for uh, hosting, uh, hosting and being hosted, it, it, uh, being hosting and being hosted uh, in your podcast studio on the first ever Initiative Institute podcast. That's so exciting! So again, today's been about initiative and inspiring initiative and action in our lives. Initiative Institute is not about talking about things. We're about doing things. We're not a think tank. We're an action tank. So that thing that you know you need to go, go be inspired and go do that thing and let us know about it at initiativeinstitute.com. So hold on, Kirk. You got to say, and um, and oh. you have to. You have oh, what to do I have to say? Them. I've never done. Tell them like, hey, you got to screenshot this, share this with a friend, tag me on Instagram, tag Nick. You know, what <laughs> a I mean? lot. Yeah. So again, yeah, it's, screenshot it's this lot. on. Share. Listen, if you enjoyed today's podcast, if you enjoyed today's podcast, <laughs> screenshot this, share this with a friend. Make sure you tag Nick, tag Johnny Slicks, and tag the Initiative Institute. Right where we where the eyes have it. And Kirk Weisler. Tag Kirk Weisler. Tag Kirk Weisler. Yeah. Dang. I've never really wrapped up a <laughs> Is it obvious? <laughs> yeah. Retake. Okay. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Yeah. And thank you. Right, bye. <laughs>